This show is brought to you by Sunfair. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. Uh, I am excited for the show. We got a, a great bunch of guests. Yancey Madrinos is in the house with yes. us. He's going to be calling in. Uh, we have Yancey. And then we have Miles Jury yes. off, off his huge win against Diego the Nightmare Sanchez. They're on the show. But uh, I'm also excited because my crew was here today. Yeah. Uh, Jake Allenberger, how yes. are you? Yes, I'm good, buddy. How are you? Good. Just coming from training, correct? I am. I just got done. How'd it go? It went really well. It was great. It was great. It was, uh, we're in a hard, hard week, hard sparring week, but uh, it went good. Everything's on point. So you have what? You have two weeks for the fight, right? Two, three weeks? Uh, yeah, about three weeks. Three two weeks. weeks of training left. So now what happens in this next, I mean, are you just, uh, is it, is it just thousands of, uh, uh, of, of Armenians just lining <laughs> up to fight you over at Edmund's gym? I mean, body, body. Take us through it. Well, no, no. You know, this week's been more, it's it's more volume, more intensity. This is kind of like the, the, the peak week. So just more rounds, um, sparring, but it's more focused. It's, it's very structured training. It's not like, um, you know, you're just trying to, it's very strategy oriented. You know what I mean? So it's not guys just trying to knock you out. You're, 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 we hired sparring partners. So it's guys who are exactly like Robbie, Southpaw. They're fast and they're hitters. You know, I've I've, been, I've sparred a couple world champs, a couple guys that are unbelievable Muay Thai. And now you're, you're, you're not, your nose is kind of uh, kind of. What happened with your nose? Are you okay? I don't know. Is it red? It's a little red. I haven't looked in the mirror today. Yeah, your nose so. is a little red. Yeah, is, is everything all right? I think it always it, looks like that. Uh, it oh, might. That's your nose. <laughs> or it just yeah, I get hit a couple times and it's back to red. So now now uh, now it's like crazy. Now, so you're now you're 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 you're, you're fighting Robbie Lawler uh, and. Uh, is it this is the biggest fight of your life? Mm-hmm. Are are you, are you going to bed every night at ten thirty? Are you wake? Is everything like to have to be scheduled? Because I called you at ten forty five. You didn't pick up the phone. I was so, sleeping now, actually. So, I mean, so is this exactly? Now, is it everything have to be perfect? Are you one of these guys? No, not really. To- you know, it's been easy because I, I I start to cut things out. Like uh, it's easy to to kind of cut out distractions. You know, shut the phone off, that kind of thing. I mean, that, that's really all. The only change really when it gets inside those three weeks is I'm going to bed earlier and, and just kind of shutting stuff off a little faster. That's that's about it. Other than that, I mean, I, I'm more relaxed. I mean, it's I'm confident in what I'm doing. You know, the training and the people I'm training with. It, it's 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 just kind of a peace of mind. You know, now, I know some fighters stop having sex before a fight. <laughs> are you the opposite? Do you yeah, get he laid? started like a couple of years ago for this fight? Yeah. <laughs> But are you having sex before the fights? Is that is that how it is? Like, That's not ready? a problem for me, Adam. I don't have sex, so I mean, right? right. <laughs> That's true, Jake the Virgin. Yeah, yeah. I had a question for you, Jake, yeah, but because you were f- supposed to fight Tarek Safadi uh, a couple of weeks ago, and with your training camp, did you peak already? And then they pushed the fight back a, a, a month, and then you're like, damn, I already peaked, and now you got to kind of like. No, that was that was the good thing is we were we were actually it was the week that I was started that was the peak week is, okay. is when when Terracrat her in there we got rescheduled so it, it really wasn't a big change for me um, so it was right before that week was gonna get real like as far as intensity and volume right. get, get just longer workouts because when we structure it, like one like one or two weeks will be a lot harder and just just more volume of training and then then the next week speed week and then the next week is now are you still in. over at, at at rain at all or kings or it's just strictly i am i am i'm at um rain monday wednesday and friday i heard bisbing just joined rain he is he was there monday so are you training with bisbing um i ha- i haven't trained with him at rain i've trained with him bisbing before just i haven't at rain yet but uh yeah he he uh 
he was enjoying himself. He liked it a lot. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sounds like, like he'll be a regular. I like Bisping. Uh, my, my week was great. I had, a, I had a huge show Saturday night at the John Lovitz Comedy Club, and uh, I, I was pumped. Benny came. Did he, he really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Benny came. Great. He tweeted it was the most he's ever laughed in his life, <laughs> which was so nice. Uh, Josh Barnett came uh, with, his, uh, with uh, Colleen. His uh, girlfriend, who uh, uh-huh. he, I think he had trained her to. It was cool seeing Barnett. He told me this crazy story about how he shot a movie with Steven Seagal a couple weeks ago. And uh, so hopefully he'll come on the show and talk about this. Because I don't want to tell the story, but just mm-hmm. so you know, something to look forward to. And then uh, Jenna Jameson came with John Wood. Really? Uh, John Wood, Jenna Jameson, Michael Chiesa. And uh, uh, Phil Phil Darce all came to the show, and I hung out with them afterwards. And uh, and I'm not gonna get into it because come but, on, because, something because we talked about. Well, let's just say. So we had Amber Nicole Miller on the show, uh, okay. and she brought up the whole John Wood thing because they're ex. And then now John's dating Jenna, and Amber's dating Tito. Hmm. Now so I'm just basically wife swap. Yeah, it's basically couple swapping, MMA couple swapping. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the green room and they're telling me all kinds of stuff and I'm with Michael Chiesa and it's just a, a surreal moment in my life of just surrounded by fighters and Jenna Jameson. And then Jenna tweets me afterwards, you were terrific last night, which I always thought wanted to have Jenna Jameson right. tell me, but not about comedy. Uh, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was, it was a strange situation, but it was really cool. And, and thank you for all the, all, all the fighters for coming to, to support me. And, and, and then also I wrote a script. I wrote, for, like, for f- five years I wrote this movie. I've been working on it about a wrestling team. It's like the Mighty Ducks of wrestling. Uh, and, you know, you, it's one of those things. You write a script, you spend all this time, and you're like, okay, now what? I want to begin the script. And then you're pitching it and put, submitting it to writing festivals and this and that. So I, yesterday I actually shot an Indiegogo campaign of me, of like a Kickstarter, trying to raise money for this movie. And Jake, you're in the movie too. Uh, and, and, and so are you. All right. Uh, so just so you know, so that's my next venture is trying to make money for this this wrestling movie. So uh, I'm, I'm excited because I I, I I hate doing that. I hate asking people for money. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a I feel like I'm a beggar, you know. But I'm like, you know what? Spike Lee did it, and this one does it, and mm-hmm. all these big time people are doing it. And hey, the worst they can say is no. Right. You know, worst thing they can say is no. And T Rex, how was your week? My week, my week was good as well. I had um, a couple of shows this weekend as well. I, we did a show together on Friday night. Yes. That was pretty cool. You ran over the light by like 25 minutes. You said, <laughs> hey, you know. Jack told me to. Or not Jack, but... Uh, oh, yes, really? Yeah. yeah. No, you killed. You're you're funny as hell. But you're one of those guys... Nah, I never who, I never run the light no, like that. Because they, they say you run the light. You And you look up at the light and you go, oh, how long has that been on? Like, as if you hadn't been doing comedy for 20 years. <laughs> you know, what's the... Oh, well. Anyway, someone was doing this and I was like, is that the rapid? up or is that the you want me to keep going and oh, yeah, Jack was like Jack was said Jack said wrap it up and then uh, Terry and that, was like no stretch Jack said wrap it up and you put on a condom uh, that's, <laughs> it was it was yeah I like how you it, it was funny though you did it very well it was great performing with you but you did it, go it o- over hey man that's over. my style style I'm giving the people I'm giving the people what they want yeah the light meant halfway done they got their <laughs> money worth the, the light right. burned out huh yeah the light burned out <laughs> right he saw the light because that's how old he was. He thought he was like dying. He thought he was actually. <laughs> I saw the started action. heading towards the light. <laughs> yeah, he started heading towards the light. <laughs> so yeah, that was Stay cool. Stay away from the light. Now over the weekend, uh, a lot of fights over the weekend. Uh, a lot of non-UFC fights. First, we'll talk about. We're gonna talk about. Did you watch Glory? I didn't know. Uh, you you didn't watch it. I, 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 all right, so I'll say what happened. So Pat Barry fought in Glory. First of all, Glory kickboxing is pretty awesome. I mm-hmm. I really never haven't sat through a whole show. I've watched highlights of, of certain ones. But I like the whole, you fight, and then you come back 
30 minutes later and fight again. I mean, that's insane. Tournament style. Oh, yeah, total tournament style. Crazy. But Pat Barry fought in glory and got knocked out. <laughs> Did you really? I heard he got destroyed. He... He was doing, it was a kind of an even fight. He was losing, but it wasn't like he was getting destroyed. He was going for a lot of like, he was going for a lot of like flying knees and stuff like that. It was cool because Duke Rufus actually personally uh, hit me up on Twitter going, are you going to make fun of us? Like he, he was asking me to make fun of glory <laughs> kickboxing. I don't know that much about kickboxing. It's one of those things I have to investigate more. But mm-hmm. Pat Barry got laid out and uh, it, was kind of, it was sad because Pat Barry is an awesome fighter and I love watching Pat Barry. But I really think that he should not take any more punishment in an <laughs> octagon or in a ring. Uh, you know, Pat Barry is such a likable guy, and he's got such a great persona. He is. Funny guy. Really funny. Acting, hosting, commentary. If I, if I have a, a, a fighting league, I would love to have Pat Barry as my commentator. I think he'd be a great commentator as a color guy. I think he'd be great. But, uh, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really – you don't want to see – he fought this guy – that, I forgot the guy's name. The guy was from Africa, and he he was talking about... Kunta Kinte. Yeah, Kunta Kinte is who he fought. But he was one of these guys... <laughs> he where sounds mean. He talked about <laughs> he talked about growing up... You've never seen Roots? Yes. He, ta- he, t- he, t- he talked about growing up and watching, uh, seeing these women get raped in front of him and, and being part of this war-torn country. The guys had a terrible, excruciating life. And uh, it's, it's great that he's making a living now fighting... But Jesus, man, you definitely felt bad for this guy. Then you felt bad for Pat. You just felt bad all around. It felt bad for everybody involved. Uh, but anyway, so that was crazy. Did you watch the Bellator fight with Joe Warren? I did. What did you think of that fight? Crazy. Why Joe, is that? Joe, I just, I just liked. I'm a big fan of Joe Warren. I, I've trained with him before. He's just a, he's just a, a crazy dude. <laughs> his whole life, his whole <laughs> lifestyle is crazy. But he's just a, he's. It wouldn't be an enjoyable guy to fight. That's for he's sure. He's a great. Yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. He's got this. Like charisma, he's got to put his hands up more. Uh, he he does get tagged too much, uh, <laughs> and when he was he he, he won via wrestling. And he, he actually landed some good strikes. The guy took him down a couple times. The guy he fought a good guy, mm-hmm. uh, but it was cool. I, you know, that was actually it was a good and and the guy that we, that we liked the guy, the the wrestler that what's his name that uh that was division one champion we were talking about from uh, North Carolina who made it. It was like a second fight. We talked about him last week, how he won in the finals against the national Iowa. Champ? Yes. Okay, who beat Brett Metcalf? Yeah, the guy who beat Brett Metcalf. Uh, he, he won uh, and looked amazing doing it. Why can't I think of his name? <laughs> uh, now it's going to bother me and people are going to tell me I suck. Oh, God. Anyway, that guy won. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we got to talk about the, the phone hacking incident. All right, uh, DJ, is there any way you could look this guy up, by the way? It's um, a guy fought in Bellator. Black gentleman, uh, he won. He's undefeated. Kudakinte. Really? Is, is, that, is that what we're doing? You come 30 minutes late. You bring your daughter. This has become romper room. Uh, she, I, I have to feel bad about kicking your daughter out of here because I don't want her to hear uh, us talking about bad language because she's five years old. And then you say kudakinte every three words. This is this is great. This is this is awesome. This, is, this, is, this can't be more professional. Um, no, no, not the guy who fought. He fought in Bellator. He he fought. Was it no? Not Brett Metcalf. We're gonna have to stop this. Fuck. No, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> this is gonna. I'm gonna. The guy, I'm predicting this guy's gonna be the next UFC uh, champion. You said that. You said he's, that. He's, yeah, he's 145. Michael something. Oh, Darian Caldwell. Darian Caldwell. Yes. Caldwell. Darian Caldwell had a. 
ridiculous submission in this fight. You got to see the sub he pulled off. It was, it, was, it was beautiful. I don't know what it's called or how he did it, but he pulled off an amazing sub, and this guy is going to be a beast. Did we figure out where he trained at? He had tra- uh, Arizona with, okay. uh, with uh, power, power MMA. Power fitness, okay. Power fitness. That's a good. Yeah, he, he, he trains with uh, uh, the very trustworthy Ryan Bader. Okay, so <laughs> now Darian Caldwell. Now uh, we got to talk about phone hack. There's a big phone hacking incident going on right now in MMA where people seem nah, to be getting. Is, it, is this real? Or is it, you think people are just saying the things they want to say when they're drunk and then they, when they're so abrupt, they're like, hey, uh, uh, someone stole my phone. That's exactly what I think. Uh, John Jones first goes on Instagram and starts questioning someone's sexuality and making fun of them for saying that, that he lost to, uh, to Gustafson, right? Now, last week, Josh Thompson uh, wrote uh, to Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, I knocked out, to Nick Diaz, I knocked out your brother. I'll knock your bitch ass out in San Jose, July 26th. Right? Wow. So then he then says, my phone got hacked. I apologize for those tweets. Honestly. Come on. Do you really think no. the person hacked your phone knows that much about MMA and then is going to call out Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz? I mean, really? No. That's an excuse for saying something stupid. But is it really stupid? I mean, if he wants to fight Nick well, Diaz. Not, I guess it's not stupid, but if you're going to say it, you got to claim it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's one of those like you've crossed the line. You got to own it. But isn't Nick Diaz one seventy and he Thompson fifty five? He is. So that was strange, right? Maybe he wants to go up a weight class. So then Nate Diaz writes, "You got drunk, talked a bunch of shit. When you woke up, you panicked and hashtag backpedaled. Hashtag sorry ass little bitch. <laughs> hashtag what really happened. Hashtag be real. So that's what uh, Nate Diaz wrote. Uh, so." Now, uh, Nate has also been pulled from the rankings this week. Someone tweeted that the UFC actually got drunk. Uh, someone hacked the <laughs> UFC's phone and pulled him from the rankings. Now, um, yeah, like, I think it's what I don't, I don't think jo- I like Josh Thompson. He came to my show. We hung out with him that night. He's, yeah, he's a cool ass together. dude. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Cool guy. I don't think he got hacked. Do you think he got hacked? I doubt it. I mean, when you say hacks, does that mean you put your phone down somewhere, someone picked it up, figured out your code, got in, sent the t- tweet, and then put the phone back down? Or, you know, I think he, well, I think John Jones said he lost his phone, and someone found his phone, and then went on someone's Instagram and started calling this random person gay. Who who then uh, really? <laughs> but then but then people who were saying that John like there's a whole other thing with John Jones right now where eye poking. He does. Someone made a compilation of John Jones's eye poking. The Three Stooges style. He does. <laughs> he does. He extends his hands, which I guess is not illegal to have your fingers out, but he does seem somehow seem to graze against people's eyes. He did it to Glover. He did it in like a couple of his yeah. other fights. Yeah, there's a technique where you know you can cover actually their vision. It's kind of blinding, but when you start opening the fingers, that's when it gets a little bit sketchy. So it's intentional or not, I don't know. A lot of people are John Jones haters. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to hate John Jones because he does take it kind of personal, and uh, and he does. So then he writes on. He, he makes a video on Instagram of, of of him crying, going, "Oh, I know. Oh, John Jones poked people in the eye. Wow, wow, wow." Yeah, like. Which is then going to entice more people to hate him. Which, look, if he's going to go full heel, I mean, he might as well go full heel. But uh, full, full heel. Might as, might as well, you know, embrace it. At this point. John Jones is, I think, pound for pound the best fighter. And I love watching him fight. But he does need to get off Instagram, stop making videos of him crying. I mean, what's the point? It's not making him look any better, I don't think. Right? I mean, what do you think, Jake? No, you know, there's, there's, there's some things... 
I like John. I like him as a, as a as a person. I like him as a fighter. But there's a lot of things he does where I'm just like, what are you doing? I mean, he does take some things too personal. But yeah, which is know. why people like doing it. Yeah, oh yeah. If he would laugh at himself, like Tim Kennedy, no one makes any. Cause Tim Kennedy is a perfect example of someone who does not take himself seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he dresses up in drag, he puts on <laughs> makeup, he he makes these stupid videos, and therefore no one enjoys making fun of Tim Kennedy because he's, he's just be, gonna beat you to the punch. He's gonna laugh about it. And right. as a comic, I have to do that too. Like I have to make fun of myself because if I and I, I'm I'm guilty of what John Jones. People say stuff to me, they're not being funny, but they say stuff, and I get annoyed by it. I'm sure. not going to say I don't, but I have to. I have to be more like Tim Kennedy because he just embr- he embraces it. You know, he's just sort of like, okay, what are you going to say about me? What mm-hmm. are you going to, you know? So uh, anyway, so anyway, uh, but I, I do know that other people's phones have been hacked as well. Like Roy Nelson wrote, "I like salad." So there's, <laughs> there's, there's he, definitely, he definitely didn't write that. <laughs> Uh, Jake, that wasn't him. No, uh, Jake Ellenberger wrote, I got laid last night. That definitely I, wasn't you. I don't know who wrote that. That but, uh, was not me. Anthony Pettis said, I have a fight coming up. Uh, <laughs> so it just seems to be some kind of huge thing going on. Uh, Dana White said, not F word. Uh, so <laughs> there's no way Dana said that. All right. And uh, and our producer, DJ, said, you guys can curse. So obviously... The, <laughs> All right. He actually I, did say that. Uh, he did actually say that. All right. So... Uh, recent fights that were made. So Junior Dos Santos was supposed to fight Stipe Miocic. Uh, JDS got, uh, broke his hand. Who should Stipe fight next? Yeah, that's a damn good question. I know. <laughs> that, that's a fight I think a lot of people were looking forward to. But Stipe is a beast. Pat Frapp? He is. <laughs> That'd be a good. Why not? Pat Frapp was not, not in the weight class. He, he's 205. Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd do it. But yeah, do you think Pat, How do you think Pat would do against Stipe? He get mopped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stipe is no Daniel Cormier. Let's put it that way. But uh, Stipe is pretty damn good. He is. I mean, he beat Roy Nelson a lot worse than Daniel Cormier did. I mean, granted, MMA math doesn't always work like sure, that. But, sure, sure. Two plus two doesn't always equal four. But. Right. So I, I think Stipe versus Josh Barnett would be the fight to make. Uh, I that'd know be, that'd, that'd be a good that'd fight. Be a damn good fight. I think that uh, I think Josh Barnett would be a good challenge for him. Uh, he's coming off a loss, you know, and Stipe is coming off a win, so maybe it's like doesn't make sense for Stipe. But mm-hmm. Barnett's one of those guys. I mean, he looked great before his last fight, before right. the Travis Brown fight. Yeah, he, he, that was just a strange, strange fight. Uh, Shayna Baszler is taking on. How do I say this girl's name? Beth. It's not Besh. Beth. Besh. Besh. Why isn't it just B A S H? Besh, as opposed <laughs> to B A T H E. Besh. It's just, it's a weird thing. Besh Koresh. Correa, Besh Correa, yeah. taking so so Besh. It's kind of fun now because Shayna Baszler is a huge wrestling fan. I mean, she's no, she loves wrestling. She's just she seems like a cool chick to hang out with and get drinks with and pick up girls with. Uh, so she is. Um, <laughs> so Shayna Baszler. Uh, so you know this girl Besh beat Jessamyn Duke and now wants to take down all the four horsewomen and and Besh is next. So I'll take the rap for that. Jake, one. I know that you uh, train with uh, Baszler, correct? Uh, yeah, we, we train at the same gym, yeah. You, you don't spar with her? No, we don't train together. But, but do you watch her train? Gym. Yeah, sometimes. How does she look? Yeah. She looks good. She, she's, you know, I mean, she, we're, we're kind of on opposite schedules. So, like, when I'm there, I'm... Who doesn't look good? Doing my own thing. Who, who doesn't look good ever in the gym with you? You're um, such a nice human being. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to, to give you guys a perspective of how nice of a human being Jake Ellenberger is... Okay, even though I think he might have some dead bodies in his backyard and he has like a <laughs> Dexter bodies. thing. So, okay, 
I didn't realize that we talked about that guy Pele who's fighting Matt Riddle coming up. I did not realize that Jake had fought Pele and knocked him out in nine seconds, right? So Jesus. we talk about I go so we talk about Pele versus Riddle, and I go, Jake, do you know Pele? He goes, Yeah, he's a good fighter. That was it. And then we moved on. Jake did not even mention the fact that he knocked this guy out in nine seconds. Like that That's what happens to good fighters, they get knocked out in nine that seconds. That is how humble <laughs> of a guy and how modest. Jake Gillenberg is a sweetheart. Can you believe? Honestly, I would say yeah. I fought him, or maybe, maybe hey, uh, you know, we we had a fight. Oh, how'd it go? Oh, <laughs> he's I a won. freaking bum. We had a fight. <laughs> he's not a bum. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm just but saying. I'm saying I, that, like, he, you know, you fa- how come you failed to mention you knocked the guy out in nine seconds? <laughs> it was happened so fast. It, I forgot. I, yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't what I was. Well, you just didn't want to bring it up because you thought maybe it would sound like you were bragging or. You actually did knock him out in nine seconds. It's not like you were making this up. You wouldn't say, oh, I knocked this guy out in nine seconds. Like, you did actually <laughs> knock him out in nine seconds. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Were you just being nice? Was that it? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it didn't seem important at the time. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't talk time that, the, that the, the guy we're talking about, you, the guy four inches from me, or what, 12? Uh, four tw- inches, my God. Uh, I don't know, five feet, uh, actually <laughs> fought the guy we're talking about. That didn't seem relevant to the time? Sure, maybe it was. I don't know. I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> Jeez, it's crazy. It's cra- I don't. I don't get it. Because somebody actually wrote Jake was just being really nice. He actually knocked the guy out in nine seconds. I go, and then I looked up the fight, and I go, damn, he. What? What is this? I don't understand. Who else have you I don't knocked even know out? Who nine- you are anymore? Who else have you knocked out in nine seconds that you haven't told us about? No, that's it. That's the only guy I've knocked out in nine seconds. Now, when you train, now you. you now this guy Pele is a legend, correct? He's. A, he is. He's yes. A, is a, a kickboxing legend, Muay Thai legend, or. Yeah, he is actually. When I first started training with Rafael Cordero in uh, at Kings, <clears throat> he he was kind of like, he would kind of watch me train a little bit before we, he really knew who I was. And he, then he asked me if I had fought Pele because he was like one of the original shootbox uh, legends. You know, I, I heard stories about Pele, like you know, running guys out of the gym, like making uh, make, making Anderson Silva quit in the gym. Like like this, he was like the first generation like he was like the scariest guy on the planet like i heard a lot of stories from vandalay Rafael, like guys that are that that had trained with him Shoot for blast. years yeah yeah the, the guy's a mean dude for sure but um yeah i was expecting a a, a long a, a hard you know so how did you knock him out in 9 seconds with a jab, or, I mean, a uh, hook, no, or was with the right, yeah. Just so, so you, so you hit him with the right cross. We, we, so this is okay. This was in uh, in Bodog, and <clears throat> this was in Prince George, British Columbia, in in Canada, and he comes like sprinting from the corner like a madman, <laughs> sprinting towards me, and, and and just jumps like a flying knee. Like I'm just gonna shoot on him. He probably thinks he's just some some, some wrestler wrestler's gonna yeah, shoot yeah. on me. Throw some this crazy flying knee, and I just circle, and uh, he stepped forward. I just I just took a step to my right and then threw a straight right and it landed right right on his chin now do you feel like now are you do you feel like you've shortchanged a little bit because the fight's only nine seconds or are you going are you ecstatic or are you is there a parade in Omaha I mean what happens <laughs> what happens when you get home tractors from, going down I mean, the street seriously yeah. you knock out yeah. nine seconds uh, this legend who used to throw Anderson Silva out of the gym I mean what's going through your head afterwards um, you know I was just stoked yeah I was you know when the the fights that you're expecting are the toughest, like happen to be the the shortest. But um, yeah, I was I was just stoked. I, you know, Dan Henderson was there with me and Chael Sonnen, so it was it was a good night. I mean, does that, does that, does that, sometimes I feel like with you, Jake, or other fighters, is that like you have such such power in your hands. I mean, like the guys like Nate Marquardt or or even you know Jake Shields, like the guys that you've that you've knocked out now with your hands with the the knee. Do you sometimes do you get into a habit of going, you know? 
I'm always in every fight because of my power. So no matter what, I have this secret weapon, or not really a secret, that you fail to work on other things or prepare mm -hmm. maybe like, like, like you should. Does that somehow factor in? Oh, yeah, in? yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that <clears throat> the good thing about having, like, I, I have a, quite a few different coaches too, so you have the more eyes, you know, that you can – that they're telling you different things of, of what you need to work on. It's it's not like, not like totally going away from what you're good at or what's gotten to me to this point. But you just working on you know where are you vulnerable, where are your weak weaknesses at. So and, and becoming more unpredictable because obviously people know you're powerful and then become more unpredictable. So that's really the name of the game is just how do you become more unpredictable? You know. Keep changing it up. Exactly. Keep them guessing. Keep them on the exactly. toes. How Keep you doing over there, T-Rex? I'm good. I, I, I was kidding before, and I got mad about you being late and everything. You know, you oh, know, no, I, was, I just like to of be miserable. I've known that's you like for my, years. <laughs> that's like my shit. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you're upset now. No, I'm just saying, listening to Jake explain. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. All right. So, no other fights that were made. Uh, Jose Aldo is taking on Mendez at the Staples Center. At the Staples Center. Jeez. I'm not going to be. I got a show at. Big Bear that night. I'm not gonna be able to go. <laughs> I want to go. I know. You I, going, Jake? Oh, I'll be there for sure. Uh, I am, man. Brazil. I would <laughs> say that I would pick Chad Mendes to win this fight, but the Dwayne Ludwig factor of oh, of losing his head coach is gonna. I I think it's gonna hurt him. I I, I can't. Imagine, I mean, I hear Martin Campman might show up to coach Team Alpha Male. Mm -hmm. People are saying that Mark Jackson now, who left the Pacers, uh, <laughs> or, uh, who did he leave? Da uh, Daniel uh, Sterling looking. To Daniel Sterling. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like that whole Dwayne Ludwig leaving is going to hurt. What was the purpose of him leaving? What was the, the impetus for him to leave? Uh, his goal, he said, was to always be have his own school. Mm -hmm. He wants to have his own school in Colorado. He he knew that coming in. He said that coming in. I guess he, you know, and I guess you know, he wants the money. I'm sure he's making. I'm Maybe. sure he's probably on salary yeah. at Team Alpha Male, and Was he could probably on be good his terms, own guy. At least? Uh, supposedly everyone's on good terms, but it's one of those things where they like him. Right. It's not one of those yeah. things where like he's get him out of it. He's such there. a hard guy not to like, you know, such a likable guy. He's got hard shoes to fill. Like the next person that comes in, definitely, there. definitely, you gotta, you gotta bring it. I know it. They got to bring an aspirin. Just, just go the other way. Just bring in like the worst possible. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> they should bring in me and T me and T Rex. Hey, we're the we're the uh, stand up coaches. Uh, <laughs> right, all right, right. let's uh, here, here's how to hold the microphone. Yeah, so, so, I mean, seriously, I, I that's kind of I don't know. Who do the, you think? You know the the reality. I mean, the sad part is the business side of the of of the sport is like whenever there's a lot of success. I mean, as Dwayne was having with with the, with the team too. I mean, it's like he he wants to have his own his own gym, his own endeavors, his own business, which is completely understandable, you know. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like the, the guy wants to you know to have his own have his own gym and, and make his own business that way. So, but Dwayne is so perfect for those for these kids because, and I call them kids. kids? I don't know why I call them kids. They're like they're they're men because they're little guys because they're little. They're but little uh, but a funny story. So at the MMA awards, uh, I'm there and I'm talking to Dwayne Ludwig. And, and my dad and Dwayne didn't know how to tie a tie, so my dad had to tie his tie for him. And I'm like, was this he standing is... there looking like uh, like pile from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, he was. So he, he goes, excuse me, uh, could you ask your dad how to tie him a tie? So my dad tied his tie for him. And I'm like, there's not a better person to be working with Team Alpha Male than a guy who doesn't know how to tie his tie. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, so the Ultimate Fighter this week, uh, Todd Monahan fought Daniel Spong, and. Um, 
This guy, Daniel Spong, is a beast. He's just been knocking dudes out. In, like, training, he's knocking people out. That was, it was, like, just, he knocked out the, the guy, uh, the guy in the house. And even BJ Penn was like, this guy's going to knock everybody out. Todd Monahan is, is a character. He's uh, a guy that, he's a Christian guy uh, who's really into, he's a, a preacher, and he's really into spreading his, his, like, gospel and this and that. And he was annoying people in the house. And I could see why I'd be annoyed. Because if I'm going to the, the Ultimate Fighter, all of a sudden becomes church. And this guy is telling <laughs> like, you. Like, dude, do, do this at 1 p.m. Don't do this at 8 o'clock in the morning. He's waking people up. Hey, just want to let you know. I'll be oh, preaching yeah. the word of God in uh, 10 minutes in the living room. People are asleep in oh, the dark. Like, don't, oh, yeah, okay. First of all, don't wake me up. Yeah. I would be not happy. And he's telling all these people like, hey, I was, you know, and and the things he was saying, you know, people were making fun of me and they were calling me ashy and they were doing this and that. But, you know, but then my, my, my neighbor was into Jesus and then I found it was nothing even that bad that he was really doing. I could see if like. It would be annoying though. That would be annoying, and these other guys probably have lives that are worse. Way worse. And they're all, and you're all in the same house. You're all there together. It wasn't like you're talking to a bunch of uh, a bunch of people at some juvenile detention center who are locked up. You're talking to guys that are already in the, the exact same place that you're in. And he got kind of lucky to be in the house because I thought he, he was getting Dude, he killed. Was, he was losing that fight big time. He was getting killed again. And by the way, that guy who uh, who Jake Jake. Uh, Jake Hewn is now in the World Series of Fighting. So I'm happy he didn't quit after that, after that loss. And he's with American Top Team. So he's a good fighter. So anyway, this guy was annoying. And then they were, there was another guy that was angry at him because, because he was like, look, this guy's talking about you know, how he's this big religious guy and he's got watches. And, Wasn't and, it the Irish dude? Yeah, the Irish dude. Uh, Cahal Pendred was saying how, you know, he, he's driving like a Rolls Royce. And it's just, it's, <laughs> the whole thing was just strange. It was just a strange situation. And I, honestly, if you're into religion and that's your thing, great. But don't wake me up. Don't preach. Don't preach to me. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm barely Jewish. I, 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 I didn't do all of the time. You understand? Yeah. I don't want to hear it. You and, see? And, and then he goes into the fight, right? He goes into the fight and, and there's a... There's another guy. Uh, I think it was that guy. Uh, they, 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 were, they were asking him. So what's you know what's your game plan? Uh, do you do you think about situations where how of how you can lose? And this guy's like, no, I never think about that. And they go, well, don't you know? Another fighter said, well, I think about situations that I could be bad, but situations of how I can be losing a fight and how I can get myself out of those situations to win a fight. Is that something that you, that you do that? I mean, do you? Not really. I mean. It, it... I don't know. I don't think like that. I think about obviously where you need to we need to work on your your weaknesses or people. The coaches will tell you, you know, what do you, what do you need to work on. But it's not like you're like, oh, this is where I'm gonna lose or this is where I get beat up. You know, your <laughs> worst case scenario you're always thinking about. But at the same time, you know, you're thinking about where you're best at. Where can you bring the fight to where you're best at? So yeah, I mean, that, well, he, he was like, I don't want to think of any situation where I could be losing the fight, which. Of course, you knew, you knew at that point he was going to lose the fight, and and he did. He got dominated by by Daniel Sprung, and uh, and Daniel beat him. You know, he hurt him, and then he then he, he just grinded him out. He took him down and controlled it. And Dana was furious. Dana White was furious, saying this is a boring fight. He could have finished him. He didn't hurt him. He hurt him once. You know what? I would have to disagree with Dana on this one because he dominated the fight. And your goal is to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. It's not to. Look, I understand you want to look good and you want to look flashy, but you can get easily get knocked out doing that. Yeah, you can easily, reckless. especially in a tournament like that. And, and, and if you're controlling a guy with takedowns, just get get the win. Just just win. 
that that's my philosophy on it. I no, know. I agree. I agree. It's it's a tough it's a tough line, you know, because at the same time you're like, well, I don't want to be that guy according to the boss, you know. I don't want to be the the guy who could have finished, or you know, you just, you don't want to be in the in the under the the dark cloud. But it was the Ultimate Fighter house, like, and if if you, if you win all your fights, sure. you get the contract, That's right? It. I mean, no, I, I I'm on the I'm on your side. It was a tournament. If it was like, if I was saying maybe a little different, if you already was in the UFC, but this is just to get in the UFC. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah, hear you, man, I'm on the I'm on your same side there. Good, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so yeah, so then that was it, and uh, it was anyway. So anyway, that was the Ultimate Fighter. I actually like this season. It's not the same. Last season was a lot more funnier because you had Misha and Ronda and Caraway and Edmund and Dennis Hallman. That was my least favorite season. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It was entertaining. It was entertaining as hell. It was, I don't know. That's kind of getting on my, all the estrogen was getting on my nerves. I'm looking forward to the next season with the 115-pound women. Uh, by the <laughs> that's way. Gonna be, that's going to be, that'll be fun to watch. You know it's going to be bananas. It's going to be bananas. Fights. Yeah. And that, it's going to be bananas, literally. <laughs> it's, and it's also, it's also team, uh, it's also, not only that, it's Rufus Academy versus uh, Nick Diaz and uh, Cesar Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, which is going to be funny in itself. You got because they're, they're going to probably bring the Diaz brothers and, and I don't know if they're going to bring in Ben Askren. It's for the belt. Uh, you know, it's, Pettis versus Melendez. I think it's gonna, it's right. got it's going to be hilarious. You got mm. that whole thing going, and then to me, the the shorter and, and the smaller the girl <laughs> who's a fighter, the crazier they are. Just in my situation, any girl over five foot eight hasn't been experience. crazy in my life. Five foot three and under, women are, are nuts. I don't know what it is about these sm- short women that I date, but uh, <laughs> I actually went on a couple dates. With one of the girls trying out. I'm, I'm not saying who, but uh, we figure it out, and nothing happened. Uh, yeah, nothing happened. Uh, in fact, but she was like, she was crazy. And that's, she's not crazy, crazy, but, uh, but let's just take this part out. Anyway, so, uh, or leave it in. <laughs> so, who cares? <laughs> who cares? I don't care. Five, three girls are she, crazy. She was a sweetheart. Well, she had an elevator smelled different. She was pretty. Five, three girls are crazy. <laughs> Why? Because people fart and they're closer to the asses? Is that yeah, what you're saying? That, or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, but you know who tried out was our girl. Michelle Old tried out. Really? What yeah. happened? I don't know. Yeah, I love that girl, man. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but then you called her Sam Kinison with a wig. But, but she was to her face. But yeah, she was sitting right in front of me when I said it. He did. Oh. How did she, she respond? She was laughing. She just laughed. She laughed. She was really cool. I thought she was going to beat him up, and she would have, and I would have laughed my ass off. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Michelle Old a lot. I hope she makes it. Uh, my friend Karina, who another maniac, you know Karina, who was in the, the army, and now she's a fighter, and she, she's... She always makes a different date to my shows. She tried out. Okay. Uh, Jessica tried out. Jessica, yeah, Jessica Penny. Jessica Penny tried, tried out. out. I hope she makes it. Um, and then, yeah, then you have all the other ones. So you have Felice and and Rowdy Beck Carla. And, and Carla Jeez. and Tisha Torres. And uh, there's some be... good some good female fighters on this season. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I don't know who's going to. I think Carla's going to win. I do. I think Carla Esparza is going to win. I'm calling it. Tisha Torres is going to be tough to beat, though. She she dominated Felice Herrig. I mean, she beat her up. Mm-hmm. And Felice Herrig's a tough girl and a good fighter. I'm picking Jessica. Jessica Penny? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? I am. Yeah, well, I mean, she's... Could she make the weight, though? She, but she's 105. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think, no, but, she... Yeah, 115. You, I mean, don't no you think problem. that's too big for her? No. No, that, that's more of a mental thing. You know what I mean? I, mean? Like, I like Jessica Penny. Yeah. She's... she's a, She's a sweetheart. She is. A little, a little crazy, <laughs> but a sweetheart. Okay, so now uh, UFC. All fighters are a little crazy. Yes, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, now, uh, speaking of, how's, how's your ex-girlfriend? Everything going good with that? 
Uh, who? All right, cool. So UFC Fight Night. <laughs> what, is, what was that? UFC Fight Night this weekend. Uh, Matt Brown versus Eric Silva. Brazil. Uh, it's going to be a great fight. Brown's on a six-fight winning streak. Silva is a tough fighter, but uh, he, he he won his last fight, but then he, he lost to, to the Dong. Before that, a fight that he was winning. He lost to John Fitch. Lost to the Donga. Uh, who do you like? It's a good fight, you know. Um, I think Brown is is it's gonna be is is it gonna be in his hometown or something like that? Or he's I know he's from the Midwest. Yeah, I think so. I think it's in Cleveland, right? I think it is Cincinnati. Cleveland. Cincinnati. That's where it is. He's at least in his home country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's just gonna if if he shows up like he has in the past, I think he wins the fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, Eric Silva's a guy Brown's you too. can't sleep on. He, yeah. He's, if you let him get in a rhythm, he's dangerous. But if if Brown has been performs like he has been, I think he'll he'll get this fight. I think it's it's on Fox Sports 1 this Saturday. All right, I'm taking Matt Brown. Uh, Lorenz Larkin versus Costa Philippou. Lorenz Larkin is going to sleep. Really? I think so. Why is that? Costa Philippou's a beast, man. He is a beast, but he, a looked, beast. he didn't look good his last fight against uh, Luke Rockhold. He got stopped pretty easily. Yeah, Luke is a whole different kind of dude, too, though. I like Costa Philippou. I, I think Costa, I like Costa is a beast, a too. Uh, I, I know he left mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Longo, right? And he went somewhere else in Long Island. And that was that was a mistake. Hmm. Uh, Costa is a guy that always asked me to make fun of him on Twitter. He's like, Please <laughs> roast me. Please roast me, man. Come on. And I roast him and he thanks me. And he's a good dude. Really good dude. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Costa Philippa wins this fight. Now, don't get me wrong. I like Lorenz Larkin. I mean, yeah, I've talked cool to him on a number of occasions. He's a super cool guy. But like I saw what happened to him when he fought uh, Mo, King Mo. And that was like ridiculous. But wasn't King Mo uh, busted afterwards for some kind of illegal <laughs> substance? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I know that King Mo's arms—he can scratch his ankles without having to bend over. <laughs> his, have you seen his he, arms? Oh my gosh! His yeah. arms are ridiculously long. Like Freak. When I, yeah, when it, when Daniel told me about it, and he was like, "Just look how long his arms are." When I so could Roy Nelson because his ankles are so fat. <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> All right, so uh, another big fight: Cruz Jank versus Eric Koch. Coke. Coke. It's not Ed Koch. <laughs> Anybody want to comment on this fight? I'm going with Crookshank. I'm going with Crookshank. Don't ask me why, but I'm going with Crookshank. I just like you to just, say his name, just... Crookshank. Because <laughs> he got a cool name. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's going on that military tour that I set up with uh, Shana Baszler and Jessamyn Duke, so that's why I'm picking him. Nice. Uh, nice. Yes. yes. Uh, so, and then uh, who else? Who else is fighting? I, I can't even see who else is fighting. Okay. So the Hulk is back. Excited about that. So He's fighting on Ruin Pots. Anyone know anything about Ruin Pots? I don't. You? I wish Ruin? I did. Uh, Ru- Ru- Ruin Pots? Smoking Pots. <laughs> uh, Tim Means is fighting Neil Magny. Tim Means business. I'm going Tim Means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, wasn't Magny on The Ultimate Fighter? Was that guy on The Ultimate yeah. Fighter? Yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about the other guy. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Tim Means is a guy that got knocked out by Asana at one point. He... he uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was in a sauna, right. and they got knocked out, and then they had to cancel his fight. Really? And yeah. Oh, I'm going with one the point guy. sauna zero. Teams. And then the sauna called out Conor McGregor. <laughs> so, uh, is it Conor McGregor has a fight coming up? Doesn't he? There's... Yeah, he's fighting Cole Miller. Awesome. In, in Ireland. Come on, Cole. Awesome. Come on, Cole. That's it. I like that fight. Who do you think wins? I like that fight. Well, it's uh, Cole's. He's very technical. He's one of those guys that you can't like. Again, he, he, in my opinion, in no disrespect to Cole, but he, he's won a lot of fights that 
you, he probably shouldn't have or wasn't really. No, Cole says the same thing. That's what Cole you know what says I mean? about himself. He's a gamer. He is. He, he, he. I like it because he's one of those guys who, the longer the fight goes, he's he's just more game. But uh, you know that'll that'll be a good test for Connor. So do you, who who are you picking? <clears throat> we really have, I haven't really seen a lot of Connor to be Carter, honest. Right. Yeah, neither so I. it's it's really because there isn't a lot. I know. Yeah, unless you, unless know. you watch it, the old Cage Warrior fights. Uh, and I, I did see a couple of his old fights, but you know what I mean. It's just it's hard to it's hard to tell against like talented guys. So right. It's hard to pick, man. I'm picking Cole. Mm-hmm. I think Connor's gonna have too much pressure on him, and I, I think he's he's just running his mouth too much. And he's gonna get hammered probably the night before. You think, come on, because he's Irish <laughs> with his mates. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also on, on the preliminary card this week, uh, Manny Gambarian is fighting Nick Lent. The Anvil. That's uh, a Man tough fight. Ball. It's a tough fight for both of those guys. Both yeah. really good fighters. I know you train with Manny, right? Yeah, Manny's a hitter, man. He's crazy. Now, he, uh, there was this matter of rumor on the underground uh-huh. about uh, about um, last week, Carl Parisian going into uh, saying something about, to the, about all, saying all this smack and then uh, Edmund smacking him. Have you heard about that? Yeah, he, he said some stuff about Ronda and Edmund and... I'm not exactly sure what he said, but he said some disrespectful things, and then he got bitch slapped. Really? By Edmund. You were there. I saw it. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. So, so <laughs> he got slapped like open hand twice. slapped. Okay. Twice. So you saw, twice. Wait. Twice. So you saw what happened? Yes. Tell, can, uh, are you are you okay to tell this? Is that okay? What was the, what was, I mean, what was the response to the slap? Well, it 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 it, it about became a it about got bad, but. You know, there was a lot of guys holding them back. Uh, a lot yeah, of white, was, well, a lot of white loafers. Yeah. <laughs> this is enough with the jokes. All right, so okay, so all right, so where were you when this went down? I was in the gym. I was jump roping. You're jump roping, yeah. right? Carol Parisian walks in. Yeah, he comes. He, I, I don't know. He kind of pulled up in a car and now is now is is, is there like a. a uh, he's a uh, what is he? He's a uh, Armenian. And now, is there Armenian music playing when he walks in? Is it like a no, some kind of a no. weird Western? Was it like <laughs> so, okay. weird Western? <laughs> like all right, so you're jump roping, right? Mm-hmm. Carl walks in. Does he have anybody behind him? Any any back? Yeah, no. He he was in a car uh, behind the gym. It, it basically, it wasn't really much more than I already told you. He got out of the car. Edmund. And Edmund him. came over. Right? Yeah, he was talking, and and then Edmund just bitch slapped him. Twice. Open hand. Open hand. And then what did Carl do? Carl ripped his shirt off and started swinging. And then what happened? It got broke. It got broken up. He. I don't think so he. So Carl didn't, con- didn't connect. No. Nothing. Wow. Wow. But so, Manny, Manny was there as well, training. So you know. So it's a win for Count Chocula. Did, did, did that, Manny that, jump in? No. No. Wow. Because well, Edmund trains. Cousins. Yeah, they are. But Manny was like, Carl's being stupid. So. Oh, okay. You know wow. What I mean? That's crazy. And Manny, you know, Edmund trains Manny. And so and this is not going to get in trouble. We have to edit this out. Is no, no, no. That, that's what happened. I'm oh, not, okay. Yeah, not at all. All right, cool. not at all. Wow, it was all. It was a. It was cool. It was awesome. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> now, were you laughing during this? You must have been laughing. <laughs> it was. It was hard not to. It was. It was like I, I was, it was kind of. I'm. It was kind of hard to believe. You know, I'm just jump roping, and then you're like, why are people running? Like it's just. So everyone, so this is Armenians running everywhere. Uh, now, now, is is like Victor Shinny in there? No, oh, he's there. They're, now, what is he doing? Nothing. You know, there, there's so many killers there too. There's some Muay Thai guys, some boxers. I mean, it it it, it basically was that was what it was. Now, was, now, was, gonna... now with the four horsewomen there? Um, no, okay, not so, yet. So, so mm-hmm. they, they hadn't got the horse sign. 
So they hadn't like that like that's like a bat sign. There's like a horse <laughs> sign that comes in, and then they just come rolling up, on <laughs> and then over him east the horses. Okay, so, so that this this sounds crazy. This is this is madness. This is uh, you heard it here first, people. Okay, this is this is the what really went down. Now I don't want this to affect anything. I don't, you're no. not gonna go back to the gym now and get slapped by no, anything. not at all. all no, right. no. From now on, I think you need to work out with a GoPro strapped on your head though, so we can see anything else. Now, well, do you think Edmund will come on our podcast and talk about this? I'm sure he'll come on the podcast. Uh, you know, he'll tell you probably the exact same thing that I told you. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Except you'll be like, I slapped him four times. All right, people. Well, I don't know. I feel like we're, we're all witness to some kind of Armenian crime that goes on. No, uh, but, no crime. All right. Well, all right. It's just disrespectful. You know, Carl in the Armenian culture, he did, said some very disrespectful things and got slapped. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, so uh, our first guest on the MMA Roasted Podcast is undefeated, up-and-coming UFC star, just coming off a huge win over Diego Sanchez, which is no small feat. Miles Jury, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I, it's an honor to have you, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. So you're, you're in uh, San Diego now over at Alliance? Yeah, just got out of the gym, just did a bunch of kickboxing and stuff like that. So, so now I'm uh, just resting up. How is it over at Alliance, man? I mean, I mean, you you must have uh, you have some of the best training partners in in the country, correct? Yeah, man. It's I think it's the best gym in the world. It's uh, it's good. It's a Shark Tank. You know, it's a tough, tough practices, but uh, it's definitely the best place to be if you want to, you know, be a, a champion. I mean, who are some of the, you, you, you're you're training with uh, Michael Chandler, correct? And uh, yeah. Ch- Chandler, uh, Jeremy Stevens is in there. Of course, you got like Dominic Cruz, Phil Davis, um, you know Joey Beltran. A lot of a lot of guys coming in and out of there. Speaking of Dominic Cruz, man, uh, like there's a running towel. Uh, there's a vote on whether or not Jake Ellenberger will get laid before Cruz comes back. And uh, <laughs> now, what's oh, shit. what's the yeah. deal? How is Cruz? Cruz is good, man. I mean, you know, like. I feel bad for the guy because he's doing everything he really can in his power to stay healthy. It's, uh, you know, it's just, you know, the sport that we're in, you know, you get a lot of injuries and, uh, and honestly, I think it's just a string of bad luck to with him. I mean, you know, not only the, the couple of the ACL surgeries, um, but just the last injury, um, you know, it definitely wasn't something that he was expecting and, and stuff like that. So he's good, you know, he's always training, he's always getting better, but you know, you can't fight until he's definitely hundred percent. So we're just waiting on that. I mean, the guy makes Anthony. Uh, the guy makes little Nog look 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 healthy. I mean, he's always <laughs> he's always getting hurt, and uh, and he's. I, I met Cruz, super nice guy, just a real, just a, a really good person. You know, it's like I don't even want to make jokes about him being hurt anymore because it's like it's, <laughs> it's like going, it's the longest ongoing joke I know. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's, 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 it's becoming it, sad now. You know, it's not even it's like it's not even funny anymore. It's just sad. You know. Yeah, it, it's. It's definitely like one of those those gray areas in this sport, man. That that suck. You know, it's like you know wins are awesome, losses suck, and then injuries suck too, man. So it's uh you know it's just one of those things that suck. But you know, Dom Dominic, if you ever met the guy, he's just he's an intense guy and he takes stuff you know seriously. So when he trains, he likes to. I I mean, I've been around the sport since I was a kid, and I've traveled all around. And I've seen people working hard, you know, from UFC champions to uh, you know all kinds of different champions, but. Dominic tops the cake with that that one man. He he really really works hard and pushes himself. Yeah, you know what's fun about Dominic Cruz is that he uh, he's a very talented guy, but you could just tell he works his ass off. 
and to overcome for any lack of and you know what I'm saying he's not the he's a gifted guy yeah, oh yeah but there there are more gifted well, guys he, in there but he works he he outworks them so yeah I mean if you ever watch watch that guy's fight nobody nobody brings that type of uh, just style and I mean his style takes a lot of cardio I mean he throws a, a bunches of punches he moves a lot he you know he kicks he mixes it up so you know to, to have that type of style you really really got to be able to push yourself and be in great shape and. You know, one of the, the downsides about that is, you know, pushing yourself and working hard all the time. You know, injuries pop up a lot. Yeah, no, I, I uh, give him my best if you talk to him. Now, let's talk about you for a sec, uh, since, you're, <laughs> right. since, since you're the guest. Enough, now, about, enough about Dominic. Yeah, enough about Dominic Cruz. Right, let's, let's move on. Uh, I actually booked him on the podcast, but he got injured and pulled out, just to so you know. Um, <laughs> now, oh, that's messed up, man. <laughs> now, you grew up, <laughs> now, you grew up in Michigan? Yep, I grew up uh, Hazel Park, Michigan. It's like right next to Detroit. Um, yeah. And then I was reading. You said that you came from a a, a, a broken home, a, a really bad background. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's you know, it's something that you don't really realize until you get a little bit older. But you know, growing up, my, my parents were divorced when I was younger. Um, you know, my dad was a roofer, and you know, my mom, I married my stepfather when you know when I was younger, and. And stuff like that. So it was, uh, it, it was really like an unorthodox way of, you know, coming up. You know, in the area of Hazel Park is, like I said, right next to Detroit. And everybody knows Detroit's going through a hard time. And, you know, there, there's not a lot of opportunity. And there's, you know, there's not a lot of positive things always going around in that city. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so I, I feel like that was kind of some adversity that I had, I had to get through. I, I had to find a, an environment that, that suited me. You know, uh, you, know you, you, you become your environment. So if you hang around, you know, drug dealers or, you know, or or world champion fighters, chances are you're going to become you know who you hang out, hang around with. So I, I had to get out of there and just up my training. Now, but when you were 12 years old, a a, co- a a wrestling coach or was it MMA coach took you under his wing and sort of raised you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had my first jujitsu coach, which I met when I was 12. His name was uh, Don Richard, and he's a black belt jujitsu and stuff like that. And and that was kind of my my first taste. Uh, you know, I was doing some taekwondo and and that Big Don kind of me after class and was like hey wh- why don't you come do our jujitsu class and, and i was young at the time i was like you know taekwondo you know watching john claude van damme movies and stuff i was like man this is where it's at i was like that jujitsu stuff doesn't doesn't work and and this was 10 years ago this is before you know really the you know the jujitsu and the sport started evolving so i uh, i kind of just stayed after the for the class and helped them train and there's a couple of guys that were had some fights coming up and I sparred with those guys, man, and, and those guys almost knocked me out and, and beat the beat the crap out of me. So the next day, I I was like, all right, I need to do less taekwondo and more jujitsu and boxing and stuff like that because I got my butt kicked. So you're 12 years old at a at a full MMA gym. Now, did did you wrestle at all in high school? Do you what kind of did you play sports in high school, or are you just strictly it was like I actually. Yeah, I started wrestling in high school, but that was pretty much just for for MMA and and stuff like that. Like I I kind of knew when I was younger. Like once I started doing jujitsu and you know martial arts, I was like, man, this is awesome. I don't, I don't really want to do anything else, you know. But but being young like that, you know, obviously you gotta have a career and you gotta be able to, to make money and put food on the table. So I wasn't even really thinking about anything like that. I just loved doing martial arts and you know I I didn't want to really do anything else. So I uh, I didn't really think about like a career at the time. But I once once I seen uh, Tito fight Ken Shamrock back at UFC 40. I was like, dang, I was like, uh, you know, I train martial arts, but I want to take it to the next level. I want to do that. You know, I was like, I want to get out there and test my skills. And uh, that's when I kind of started opening up my mind to want to be like kind of a fighter and, and all that. 
It's funny because once I saw Tito bang Jenna, I wanted to be a comic. So, uh, was, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, now, so now in high school, were you were you a shy kid? Were you the, one of the more popular kids, or were you what were you like in high school? Uh, in high school, I, I wasn't really like a popular kid, man. I, I kind of uh, I stuck to myself. I mean, I, I really didn't, you know, the high school that I went to. I didn't really have a bunch of people trying to be my friends, but at the same time, I wasn't really trying to make friends. I was uh, kind of just focused on myself and kind of, I don't know, in my, in my own world. So I definitely wasn't popular, but um, nobody messed with me. You know, that, that was for sure. I kind of just always did my own thing. So you were like that loner, badass kid that everyone was like, that kid trained, stay away from him. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I was that kid when I walked, when I walked by people in, the, in high school, they were just whispering and looking at me. Nobody said anything, though. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, I I can kind of place that a little bit. Now, when you graduate high school, did you go to college or? You know, I started doing the college thing. I went to college for uh, about a year, but at the same time, I was I was finishing up my amateur career in MMA, and I was getting ready to go pro. So I was like, uh, you know, it came to a crossroads. I was like, you know, either I'm going to do school 100 percent or I'm going to do MMA 100 percent. You know, you can't really do half and half. So I quit going to school and just focused all on MMA. Wow, that's a that's a that's quite a leap, man. I, I did the same thing with stand up comedy, but it's I think it's, I, I, honestly I think it's even hard, I think it's even harder with MMA though because you're like, you know, it's it's it's, it's a, being a comic and being an MMA star. It's it's a lot of like you you just kind of have to take a lot of odd jobs. You have to just kind of hope you get lucky. You got to work your ass off. You don't get paid forever, and then you finally make it, and then you still don't get paid. So it's uh, a. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like the the biggest thing that that the hardest thing that that I've seen was like you know, you having kind of like an unorthodox type of career, like you know, like a co uh, comedian or you know, MMA fighter, is that there, there's really no path laid out for you. You know, if you want to be a doctor, you know what you got to do when you graduate. You got to go to school. You got to take these certain classes. You got to do this and this. But with MMA, there, there's just so many variables. You know, you can still you can go to a gym and uh, train every day, but you still not, might not be able to make it to the UFC and be able to make a life for yourself. There's there's just so many different variables that come into play, and it's just you know you gotta. Everybody has their own individual path. There's nothing that's really laid out for you, you know. And that's that's what I what I've seen is coming up. I've kind of had to make my way through this my career and through my journey and mixed martial arts and stuff like that. Nobody was ever you know really there, uh, you know, like a cookie cutter plan for me or anything like that. It was kind of like learning learning on the go. Well, I mean, you're doing a really good job. Now, did you have to take a lot of odd jobs to support yourself in the beginning? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like my my take on it as as an MMA fighter coming up is I just kind of accepted being really really poor and I accepted like sleeping on couches and stuff like that. So I really didn't have a lot of overhead. So the jobs that I did have were just kind of like you know uh, like doing some security on the weekends. I, I went out when I was younger. I worked at the zoo part time. Um, moving hot tubs was another one. Um, you know, it's all, all kinds of different little little jobs. But I, I always knew the job that I had. It, it was just for to put some food in my stomach and to get me to my next training session. I, I so it's kind of cool those jobs because I just knew they were just fun jobs and they weren't going to be careers. Did you ever ha ever have any hot girls from the hot tub moving where like they were like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Like, "Oh, I'm, I'm a, a fighter." And then afterwards, you kind of go in the hot tub. Did that ever happen? Uh, I mean, I wish, but <laughs> it really didn't. And you know, like honestly, it's so hard for me to like when, when people come up to me and, and ask me like, like, "What do I do for my career and stuff like that?" Because I feel like such a douchebag sometimes, like, coming out and being like, yeah, I'm an MMA fighter, because, I mean, one, I feel like that's already kind of trying to be like, yeah, I'm an MMA fighter, you know, trying to put that out there. And then, two, it's like, I, I don't really look like an MMA fighter, man. I, it's like, it's hard for me to, like, you know, when you see, like, a jacked-up, 
ripped out dude that's like, I'm an MMA fighter. You're like, damn, that's a scary dude. But yeah. when I go to people, I'm like, yeah, I'm an uh, MMA fighter. They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, but usually, but usually those, fighter. but usually those yeah, guys so who I'm are like, jacked. I don't even care. But usually the guys who are, <laughs> usually the guys who are, who are jacked up and uh, wearing affliction shirts, those aren't the guys that are really UFC fighters. <laughs> I, I mean, those are the guys that maybe, maybe were in uh, nothing, nothing, no disrespect to a king of the cage, but maybe that was, but that was like their, their highlight. It's the guys like Kenny Florian or, or like you or, or guys that I, I meet that I'm like, okay, like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, like, you're, you, let's admit it. The first thing you think, you're like, I could take this guy. <laughs> That's a good thing because you know you look at it and we don't we're not intimidating and stuff like that. So it's uh it's definitely like I got I got to sell it when uh you know I tell somebody my career. So I always you know a lot of times I, I hate to say it, but I'll just be like when people ask me like, what do you do, I'll just be like, oh I'm a personal trainer or something because that just saves the whole trying to explain uh. You know, trying to prove to them that I'm an MMA fighter. <laughs> you're at, you, you are out of your mind, man. You're in the UFC, and, and you don't say I'm in the UFC. You can't even say that. You don't even say that. Well, everybody says that. Everybody that that's a fighter nowadays is in the UFC. So it's like it's so watered down that it's it's you really got. I mean, it's like I, I can tell the people that are asking me if I'm a fighter have probably heard that from other fighters, that especially the jacked up ones, that they're fighters. So when they look at me, they're like, hold on, I've already met a UFC fighter, and he <laughs> looks nothing like you, so you're lying. And I'm like, no, that guy's lying. I'm serious. That is so, so funny. I, I, just... <laughs> I mean, look, I, yeah. I, I kind of can relate, because when I say I'm a comedian, people go, make me laugh, or tell me a joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like, oh, really? <laughs> My friend's a comedian. He performs at the Yuck Yucks. And what I, I, I understand what you're saying. At, at the same yeah. time, you're 13-0, you're ranked number thirteen in the world. Uh, you're in. You just beat Diego Sanchez, uh, who won the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. I mean, I think you have. Yep. If anybody could say they're in the UFC, it's you. And and it's funny because this is like, I, I think sometimes like you go out of your way to not to not sound arrogant, and then you sound arrogant. Like for example. <laughs> After your last fight, when you beat Diego, you you said, "Oh, you go. I don't want to sound cocky, but that was really easy," which was probably the cockiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> but I think you were trying. I know it's like, it, I know it's, it's weird when it comes off sometimes. Like you know, coming up in martial arts, the number one rule is, uh, you know, you, you always have respect, you know, for for your opponent, for you know the sport that you're in and stuff like that. So I always I always try and stay, uh, you know, grounded in that. But at the same time, you know, with my style, I always like to keep it real and let people know what's on my mind. So when somebody asks me, you know, what, what were your thoughts on Diego? I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not, I'm not being cocky, but I'm being honest. I feel like, you know, I smoked him. And, uh, yeah, so that's how it just kind of comes off sometimes. It was funny, though. It, it was actually, you know, it was very funny. It was, it was entertaining. And I think that you came across pretty cocky, but I, but I, <laughs> but I knew that you weren't. I think people that know you and respect you, they, they, they know that you're not a cocky, arrogant guy. And I think sometimes that actually hurts fighters sometimes because it, sometimes it seems like the guys who talk the most are the ones who get the most press. Or, you know, these guys like Conor McGregor. I mean, for example, Conor McGregor has, has won two fights. Granted, he's, he's a great fighter. <laughs> But he, he talks a lot, and it seems like, you know, he's on the... Are you, are you in a hurricane yeah, or something? Hurt. What was that? No, it just, it, it, I mean, it, it, uh, it's weird because, you know, it's like... I'm a confident fighter, but it's like a different type of confidence. It's not like the confidence where I got to go around and I got to, you know, have everybody co-sign my confidence and make sure that everybody knows that I'm confident. I'm the type of guy that's confident, and it, that, that's like my own personal confidence. I don't really need to share that with anybody and stuff like that. So it's like, uh, 
sometimes, man, it's especially in this career too. You know, it's it's hard staying humble because you know when, when you're when you're getting wins in the UFC and you know and you're beating guys like Diego Sanchez, everybody uh, wants to tell you you know a good job because that, those are hard things to do. So you know, I got everybody telling me you know good job. So my my ego my ego part of my mind is still kind of like trying to get bigger, but I always try to keep that in check because uh, you know at the end of the day, I, I appreciate everybody congratulating me and stuff like that, but. Uh, <laughs> It, it is what it is, man. I got to stay grounded if I want to continue doing what I'm doing. I, dude, I understand, man. Whenever I think I'm going to kill this crowd is when I don't kill the crowd. You know, it's like you, hey, yep. you always have to remember that anybody could lose at any given day. And I, I feel like that's in some way what, like, I know that that's what used to drive me back in the day was that fear of losing. And it's just not like a total fear of losing, but you always, like, you know, want to want to stay hungry, you know. But you, I mean, you are doing really well, man. And you know, I'm, I'm looking. I was looking through some of your fights this morning, actually, and last night. I mean, some of the guys. I mean, you they they've put you up against some tough guys. Uh, Michael Johnson. Yeah. You know, you beat Michael Johnson. Every. Yeah, everybody that that I fought in the UFC was coming off a win besides Diego, but he was coming off a loss with Gilbert Melendez. Right. So it's like. You know, when I fought Michael Johnson, he was on a three-fight win streak. Ramsey was on a three-fight win streak. Uh, Ricci was coming off of a win. And then, uh, you know, Diego coming off that fight with Gilbert Melendez. So I definitely uh, feel like I, I've been tested and stuff like that since I've been in the UFC. And I feel like I've definitely become a better fighter, too, from it. Oh, I mean, look, they put you against Michael Johnson. Johnson's got speed. You look at Michael Johnson right now is killing people. Uh, I, I think yeah, that- and when I fought Michael... Too. He was coming off of knocking out uh, Castillo, beating Tony Ferguson, who won Ultimate Fighter, and beating like Shane Roller, a guy that was doing pretty good in WC. So it's like when I fought him, he wasn't coming off no losses or anything like that. Like he was on a hot streak. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He's a real tough guy. And you also, when you knocked out Ramsey Nijem, I, w- I watched that this morning on Fight Pass, which was pretty cool. By the way, you're Michael Johnson. Uh, your, your, your fight on, if you talk to anyone, your Fight Pass, Michael Johnson fight, is not you versus Michael Johnson. It's somebody else fighting someone else. Yeah, uh, it's a, no, I have seen that. Who is it? Is it like uh, one of Michael Johnson's other fights? It's not even Michael Johnson. It's a totally different person. It's like two different fighters. <laughs> uh, but when you when you when you knocked out Ramsey Nijem, it was funny because Joe Rogan was was saying, "Hey, Ramsey's got to keep his his hands up. He keeps his hands down." Uh, he's like, uh, "Miles is, is just going to time him," and that's exactly what you did. It was like, yeah, it was too like to the T. Uh, now when you now how good does that feel? By the way, when you knock out a guy like Ram, Ramsey Nigel, a very tough guy, Ultimate Fighter finalist, doing really well, just you know. But like when you when you have your hand raised, what does that feel like? Man, it, it honestly it, it's like a drug, man. It feels like no other feeling in the world. It's like it's a combination of you know being just excited, being proud of yourself, being relieved that the fight's over, being uh you know all the adrenaline from the crowd and the fans and the lights and having the UFC there and just being in the Super Bowl and just all that kind of comes to a head and you're just like, it's really like a, a surreal feeling and you feel like, uh, you know, you're on cloud nine and, and uh, you know, you just hope that feeling never goes away. <laughs> uh, now, is it, I know sometimes like with comedy, uh, I would do a show and it would be the greatest feeling in the world. And then afterwards I'm back at my hotel and I'm kind of depressed because I, I kind of want that feeling to, to like stay. So then I would call up some oh, like, yeah. some random girl and be like, "Hey, want to come over and end up end up <laughs> hooking up with some fat girl?" Uh, is that what you do too? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's that's my uh, my routine. As soon as I get on the flight, I uh, go call up some fat chicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, my girl's probably gonna kill me for that one. But uh, but no, I, like when I get out of a flight, you know, like like you said, it, it is it's a drug, man. It's an, it's an adrenaline. It's all kinds of different uh, 
you know, endorphins in your body. So, like, when I get out of a fight, I feel like even if it was a 10-second fight or, or, you know, a 15-minute fight, whatever it is, I, I'm exhausted, man. I, I really am. And uh, just from all the adrenaline and all that. So I'm usually looking to just chill out and uh, be around some cool people and stuff like that after a fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's un- unbelievable. It's funny because, you know, people sometimes say, like, I never understood people say after they win, they get depressed. And after they lose, they get depressed. But I, but I think that's what it is, is that you get, it's like that drug, you get so high in there, you know? And coming down has got yeah. to be tough because you... you think, think about, like, a, a freaking heroin addict who just, who just got, like, a, you know, a shot of his drugs and now he's coming down. It's like, you know, he came from a crazy high to... You know, going feeling back to normal and, and going back through all the lows of it and stuff like that. Now, so yeah, it's definitely like mentally and physically a, a weird process and emotionally too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's actually it's that's, that's a really good analogy, um, and uh, I appreciate that. Now, the 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 Mike Ricci fight uh, was probably uh, probably the least fan favorite. Was it just Mike Ricci's style of him not wanting to engage? What was it about Mike Ricci that gave you so many problems? Um, I think it was just both of our styles. Um, you know, cause watching a Mike Ricci fight, he's a, he's a technical and he's more of a precision striker too. So what I mean by that is he doesn't throw punches and kicks without an intent and like in a destination for his punches and his kicks too. So you really got to be weary about how much you go forward with that guy and uh, how much risk you take on, you know, going forward because that's what he's looking. He's looking to counter. He's looking to land, you know, one big shot that's going to put you out. So, uh, you know, it's just something I had to be aware of when I fought him and, uh, you know, I, I, came forward as much as I could to feel, you know, safe and feel like I'm not just putting my head out there getting hit. And, uh, you know, he, he went back a lot too. And, you know, it was kind of like we canceled each other out in a lot of ways. Was Roy McDonald crying afterwards when you won? <laughs> no, actually Roy McDonald wasn't there. I'm a, I'm a fan of Roy McDonald. I think he's a, he's a good fighter and stuff like that, but he, uh, he wasn't there. So I don't, I don't know if he was crying at home or what he was doing. I, Cause I, I like know those two are very close. Um, now you got an upcoming fight against Abel Trujillo, who is a monster. Uh, that guy, his nickname is Killa. Uh, I know he he just yeah. he's coming off a a fight against Jamie Varner where he looked vulnerable. I mean Varner had him out almost, uh, but he's got he's got serious power. How are you going to deal with Abel Trujillo? Uh, I mean you, you said it right there. You know he's got good power. He, you know he's uh. He likes to throw punches, and, you know, he's explosive, he's athletic, and, and he's tough. You know, he's, he's a scrapper, too. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to fight my fight, you know, and, uh, and do what I feel like I, I need to do to win. And I really can't talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> a, good, a good poker player never shows his cards. I mean, are you nervous, though? Because, like, if I, I know if I was fighting Abel Trujillo, I'd probably have a, a gun on me or, like, a, a rocket or something. <laughs> but I know that— Abel Trujillo, try fighting Diego Sanchez. I mean, I just come off of a fight with Gilbert Melendez. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I was like, oh, but, but in a way, I to beat that guy. No, but in a way, but I, but I feel like in a way, Diego is a little bit. I, I feel like Diego doesn't have the same power that Abel has. Not that Diego's an easy fight for anybody, but he, but you know, but Abel's has been putting people away. And if I was fighting him, I would probably try to grind them out and wrestle him, uh, and almost be boring because I wouldn't stand there and like trade. Now I know a lot of times. Uh, you know, Dana and some, you know, they're saying, listen, you know, they, they, they want to see knockouts and they want to see exciting fights. Are you ever, are you ever nervous sometimes that, that, that a guy against a guy like Abel Trujillo to make it an exciting fight might put you at more risk than say grinding out a boring decision? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like that with every fight. You know, you always kind of weigh the, the, the different, like, outcomes. You know, that's just the way your mind works. I mean, people that are like, oh, I'm not worried about, you know, the outcome and stuff like that, they're usually just lying to themselves. But, you know, it's it, it could be a boring fight. It could be an exciting fight. It's uh, it's something that I really, I really just don't have any control over. You know, I, I've been in fights where I think, man, this is going to be a crazy good fight, and then it's a boring fight. And then I've been in fights where, you know, I thought it was going to be a boring fight, and it, and it was more of a, a better fight. So it's kind of like you just got to be able to be, able to be willing to accept whatever the outcome is. You can't let that fear of, oh my gosh, it's being, it's going to be a boring fight. You can't let that really kind of take over you. Yeah, I guess it's like it's like jazz. You just have to roll with the. Roll the sounds, man. Now uh, I gotta say, yep. I gotta ask you. I know that Phil Davis is one of your uh, is one of your partners over at Alliance. How's Phil Davis doing since his loss to Anthony Johnson? Um, you know, when I talked to the coaches, they said he, he's doing good. Um, I haven't seen him yet. I, he's probably back home taking some, you know, some personal time stuff like that. But uh, you know, it, I I I imagine you know putting my trying to put myself in his shoes. I, I would feel uh, you know hurt and feel like I got some some work to do and stuff like that. So. I'm sure that's how he's feeling. He's probably feeling like ready to get back on the horse and, and you know get back out there and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I I really don't know until I until I talk to him and stuff like that. But knowing somebody like a guy like Phil, a loss is probably just going to make him that much better. You know, I, I hate to see who he fights next because I'm sure after that loss, he's going to want to get out there and get after and prove himself. Yeah, plus he was talking a lot about like fighting. You know, he was talking about how he was overlooking his opponent and how he was going to beat John Jones. And then to go out there and lose like that, a lot of times, it, uh, you know, it kind of humbles you. Uh, I'm a Phil Davis fan. Oh. I love Phil Davis. I wanted him to win that fight. I like Anthony too, but I was, you know, I like no, I like no Phil personally. But I really hope he comes back, you know, because I, I like Phil a lot. Yeah, definitely, man. And, uh, you know, he's a great athlete, he's a great guy and stuff like that. And, you know, and I, and I see why, like, you know, you're trying to talk and stuff like that. And it's the opportunity. You, know, you see a lot of guys, like we said, guys like Conor McGregor, that guys, guys that are getting big fights and lots of media and lots of attention and making, you know, a big name for themselves by the way they kind of talk and the way they fight, too. So I think that's what Phil was kind of trying to go for right there, just trying to, you know, push, put himself in line for that title shot. Now, uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, you, you tried out for season 13. You ha you tore your ACL on the first episode, and you were out for a year. You were out for a year. Yeah. How much did that kill you? Man, that, that killed me, dude. That was like, I mean, look at it from my point of view. You know, an upcoming fighter living on couches his whole life gets the opportunity to be an Ultimate Fighter, which is, you know, the best best thing you can really do as an upcoming fighter. And, um, you know, I get on the show, and not only get on the show, but, like, I remember walking in the show and Dana being there. And being like, hey, you guys are already in the house. You don't even have to fight. And I was like, wow. I was like, this is this is cake, man. I was like, I'm already here. I don't even have to fight to get in the house. I was like, uh, you know, what's the catch? <laughs> and then literally 20 minutes later, I've never been hurt in my life and blow my ACL out on camera. I was like, shit, dude. That that that, that was a tough one. I mean, not not only the experience, but the whole year. ACL is like a solid year of recovery and and all that. So it, it was a definitely was a really really tough time for me. But hey, man! But look, you you, you uh, came back uh, two two seasons later. You almost won the thing. You know, you, uh, it shows, dude. It shows it, it, it shows your heart. Uh, final question. So yeah. we got We got to talk. Uh, listen, we we, we we can't not talk about your personal life. That's just that's just the way the show okay. goes. Uh, you say you have a girlfriend. Did you meet her in San Diego? What does she look like? What does she do? What's the deal? Um, I, I met my girl back in. Uh, she's from Michigan, and she actually came out to San Diego about three years ago just to, to visit me and stuff like that. We weren't dating or anything like that, and she really liked it out here. So 
we, uh, you know, we just kind of stayed together and stuff like that. And, you know, what's cool, what's cool about my girl is, like, I wasn't really looking for a girlfriend when I found her, but she's just that cool of a girl that it's like I want to be around her and I, and I want to spend time with her. Like, she's that cool. So, uh, so that's awesome. I really never thought I'd find a girl like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about that. And she is a server. No, she's a, a, a bartender down at a nice steakhouse in uh, downtown San Diego. Great, oh, so. that's the worst, dude. Because every bartender is probably smoking hot. Oh, do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? What's he do? Oh, he's in the UFC. All right. Uh, <laughs> screw this. <laughs> well, once again, it comes back to, are you a fighter? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm a fighter. That's a good point. <laughs> well, well, listen, I know you have jury jiu-jitsu, correct? Is that something that you're, like, plugging? Yes, sir. That's my style. Yeah, Jerry Jitsu, and then uh, now, where can people find you on Twitter? We 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 have to blow you up. We have to because you're a nice guy. You seem you seem almost like too normal to be a fighter. Uh, but we have but people have to know, know about right? you. We have you know is, is this this whole being a nice guy is not helping your rankings. So uh, where can people where can people find you and support you and follow you? Uh, just check me out on uh, Jury JJ.com and TeamFury.com. Those are my two websites. That you know, it's probably the easiest way. Everybody. You know, everybody's a big technology-type people nowadays, so just I would say look me up online. That probably be the easiest way. All right, cool. Well, Miles, thanks for coming on the show. We'd love to have you. Anytime you're in L.A., we'd love to have you in, in studio. And uh, good luck against Abel, dude. All right. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. Take care. All right, hey, I just want to – by the way, I want to thank our sponsor, Sunfair.com. What's for, up, Carl? Uh, uh, supplying us with – Delicious and healthy food. I, I didn't even. I don't even eat before I come here. Because, yeah, I, I, I try not to as well. Because I know that that's how good. Jake, what do you think of the food? It's it's fantastic. Actually, <laughs> I just had the sea bass today, and uh, it's always good. Good quality food. It's fresh. So. I mean, do you think that it's going to make a difference in your fight? It, it sure. I mean, as far as timing, it does. I, I I get when I'm driving. I'm always driving too, so I'm on the road. But it's it's been great. It's the time you know for right after working out. You know, when I when I would have to go places, and it's convenient, so it helps. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, Sunfair, for for sponsoring our show. Uh, Sunfair.com. Check it out in L.A. or Arizona, Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona. Thank you. All right. So our next guest is a UFC star. He he's a badass dude. Uh, he's. He's an inspirational guy. I've been watching his fights all morning. Yancey Medeiros, how are you, man? What's up, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Now, uh, you're Hawaiian, but right now you're in Memphis? Yeah, I'm in Memphis right now. I'm just spending some time with my sister. Oh, I was going to say, what are you doing in Memphis? That's uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm just de- decompressing, you know, and just kicking back. have a tough camp, so took a week or two off, and just chilling in Memphis for now and enjoying Memphis in May. Nice. Well, you—I mean, you deserve it, man. I, you, uh, you're coming off a tough loss to Jim Miller, which you took on what? Yeah. Like you—you t- you took that fight on four minutes' notice. Um, did you even know yeah. you? Did you know you were fighting him when you were walking to the octagon? Um, no, it was actually a week notice. I knew, like, I actually called my manager and asked him because I found out Bobby Green got injured, so. I was just like, yeah, hey, Jim Miller need a fight. My manager called Joe Silva, and they made it happen like a week out. So, I mean, you're supposed to fight Joe Ellenberger. You're training for Joe Ellenberger. Yeah. You're training for Joe Ellenberger. You find out Jim Miller, uh, his opponent, Bobby Green, gets hurt. Now, at that point, are you, do you when you ask for that, do, do you get more money if you fight Jim Miller? Was that a factor in taking the fight? 
No, there wasn't. There wasn't no. There, I didn't get no um extra money. It was. I'm already contracted to fight, so it's the same pay. But you know, like I trained with Nick and Nate, all of the other boys, and we just trained to fight the best. And you know, I'd seen the opportunity, and I wanted to take it. I mean, that's you got balls of steel. I mean, I, I mean, but isn't that? I mean, I mean, weren't weren't you thinking like I, I haven't really been training for Jim Miller. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know his game plan or. Uh, uh, no, you know, unfortunately, in that fight, I got caught. You know, he he was the better fighter that night, and I could tell like I got caught, and I just made a mistake. It didn't feel like I was outclassed or whatnot. And Jim Miller's a tough opponent. He's great, but I trained with. Like I said, I trained with Nate, Nate them, and I lived with him in California. And you know, I felt like I was more than ready to fight him. It's just I got caught. And that's that's how I felt. I performed, and it, that that I guess the surrealness of that didn't hit me. It didn't like it. Did, I didn't dwell on it at all. I was I was more excited and more motivated to fight a top top ten contender. Uh, when you uh, when you lose a fight like that, do the Diaz brothers make you go last in the blunt rotation? <laughs> no, you know, unfortunately, I had a last run out. I, I, um, I got suspended for having metabolites in me, so I quit. And you know, my daughter, she didn't. She watches the internet, and that played a huge factor. She's on social media and whatnot. I did not want to see that, so I made a big change in my life, and you know, quit smoking and whatnot. But it was just more from a from a fatherly perspective. Good man, I didn't want to see that and. Yeah, so and they really they really respect they really respect my decision and they don't force anything upon me. How much uh now we're talking about after you uh after you knocked out Eve's Edwards, which was but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh you yeah, you got you got pop for for marijuana. How much marijuana were you smoking before that fight? Was it like it's a ton of weed or just a, a, a couple hits? No, 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 no. No, not even you know, it was it was I, I. I thought I quit way out. I quit way more than two weeks out. Usually I quit a month out. I maybe kind of played that month out a little closer than expected. But I know I didn't smoke for two weeks prior to the fight. I just, like I said, I just got caught from metabolites. It wasn't even like, like they just found it and they're like, you're suspended. Now, what are marijuana metabolites? I don't even know what that is. What, what does that even mean? No, I'm um, basically just showing that I have TDC. Uh, in my system, in my blood. Just properties. Do you think maybe you, know, you got? You think maybe you got a contact high from living with Diaz brothers, and that's why you tested positive? <laughs> nah, no, no. They're really, <laughs> you know, living with Nate is really respect. He really respects my decision. They don't jock me at all about it. They don't, you know. And then it's more like, hey, you do what you got to do. We ain't, we ain't telling you guys nothing. Do nothing. You're your own. You're master of your own craft. Right now, you know, so if you're gonna go do that. That's your. Pro- that's that's what you do. Now in that fight against Jim Miller, you didn't tap. You you just you, you just you you just went out. Now what's that like? Yeah. I mean, now if you had to do it over again, would you have tapped or no? No, of course not. So no. So you wake up. I'll fight till I can get out. So you wake up and you're and you're in Baltimore. Do you do you even know where you are? Do you know what's going on? Yeah. Once I woke up, I was like, damn, I fell asleep. Like I know because I've been. <laughs> You know, we've, we're living in Hawaii. We, we live on an island, so we do a bunch of crazy shit. We paint each other all the time when we were kids. So I knew right when I when I, when I woke up, I was like, shit, I got caught. You uh, know, of course, I was disappointed about it, but hey, it is what it is. You know, I mean, honestly, you know, I should have went down from that knee. 
I got a hit in the groin, but I was like, shit, you know, he didn't, Mario didn't see it, so I wasn't going to be like, ah, oh, ah, oh, my balls. So I'm not making any excuses, of course not. But I feel like I should have went down right there, took a little minute break, and then, you know, collaborated myself off that cage, and then when I got into that situation, but like I said, I got caught. Yeah, no, that was a low blow, and I was I was really rooting for you, man. It was uh, honestly, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours, dude. I I, I think you're an awesome oh, fighter thanks. and you're an awesome guy, and I I really wanted you to win that fight, and uh, you know, I I I really felt for you. Now that night, okay, so you, you get you get choked out that night. Are what goes through your head? Are are you bummed out all night? Do you are do you, are you the kind of guy that just says, you know what, it happens? Did you go out? Did did you get some tail? Did, I mean, what 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 did you do to kind of recover? No, you know, honestly, like when I lose, like I'm just so emotionally and physically drained from the camp and the fight. Like I usually don't go out. I usually like I have a bunch of my friends and family, and we'll go out and have a few. But after that fight, you know, I just did a lot of. Um, thinking, of course, I was bummed out. You know, I lost. That's my first legit loss, and I I, I went out sleeping. So <laughs> knowing that, you know, I um had a lot of support, a lot of people texting me and whatnot. And actually, I think my parents and my my family took it harder than I took it. You know, and I was just I was more like shit. You know, you got to get back to the drawing board, stay positive, stay productive, and you know, if you really want to do this, you ain't gonna. Don't dwell on the loss. Learn off of it. So now, what did now what did the Diaz brothers say to you? I, like afterwards? Um, they, you know, I think he was bummed out. He's my partner. You know, he's my main ninja, and of course, he's bummed out. He's family to me, but they didn't say much. He just said, "Hey, get back to Cali and come back to the train." You know, he keeps it positive. He keeps it productive. He don't. They don't say you should have did this. You should have did that. I knew what I did. I knew what I made a mistake on. So he's just like, "Hey, let's get back to Cali and start training again." Yeah, I mean, those guys seem like really good guys. I'm trying to get Nate on the podcast. No, I've cool. I've like texted him 400 times to come on the show. He he like bro, hey, uh, uh, good luck, man. <laughs> you know, because they're like they're free spirits. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, I can't I can't even tell them what to do. It's it's how they how they feel and what they want to do, and you know them with interviews. Yeah, they're not exactly. Yeah, he's not going to respond to your text until you get to uh, text number four twenty. Yeah, right. You're yeah. only at four hundred right now. Yeah, I need four. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, 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 growing up in Hawaii, you were third in the state in uh, wrestling in Hawaii, uh, so that was a yeah. big factor in your life. But then after you you were done wrestling in high school, you you went up to two hundred and forty five pounds. Good God. Yeah, two forty five, bro. I got. I was working construction. Yeah. And I was painting. Hawaiians love to eat, especially rice. <laughs> you know, and we just I just pound and just be painting and three big meals a day. Big meals. I mean, were you eating other Hawaiians? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, how I mean, how much how much rice did you have? I mean, I mean, you you ate one fifty five now, and you were at two forty five. Did you eat Maui? I, I don't understand. What exactly did you eat? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, before I used to, before I met Nathan Nate, them, I didn't have no nutrition. I'd just be eating spam and meat, and you know, like they didn't have nothing, nothing organic or anything. I just ate what was ever cheap, McDonald's, Jack and fast food, you know, whatever was in front of me that I could get my hands on. I guess. So, like, when they were yelling <laughs> I had out, a daughter, so I was working. Like when uh, they were yelling out two hundred nine, that was your ideal weight. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Actually, like I didn't start training at 2:45. Like I started like working out and 
did like assistant coaching wrestling for my high school, and then I dropped down to like maybe 225, lost like 20 pounds, and then then I started training in a garage and pursuing MMA from there. I'm surprised you could fit in a garage. Uh, but, uh, that's, <laughs> but dude, that's honestly, it's a very, I'm, I'm not that big, bro. I'm heavy boned. That's a heavy boned. <laughs> that's, that's very inspiring, man. I mean, so, I mean, so what do they tell you? Like, how did, how did the Diaz brothers, like, honestly, forget the Dolce diet. You should go on like the Diaz diet. Like, I mean, so what do they say? Like you had to do like, Hey man, you, you got to start like, uh, working out, holding up the middle finger and cursing out your food. I mean, what exactly do you do? To, what do these guys tell you? You know, it's, you know, Nick Nick taught me a lot. It's not what to eat, it's what not to eat. So when I started training with them at the camp, you know, I just pretty much, I'm not going to go and pound a big-ass steak or a fat-ass burger, and they're over there eating all organic and all natural. You know, they don't eat no red meat. They eat, they're pescatarians, and they're gluten-free, and they don't eat dairy. So I pretty much just followed that. Like, I just ate how they ate, because you're living with a bunch of nutrition, um, nutritional triathletes. That, that do martial arts and you know you just want to be a part of the group and like I said they don't tell you what to do it's you're your own master of your own craft so if you're going to eat like that you're going to eat like that you know yeah, but yeah. I, I chose to just follow what they did and I chose to just not be a bitch and just, <laughs> just do what they did I mean, so now do they have organic edibles <laughs> um, I'm thinking they do. I don't really see them because the house is always full of full of bros, and you know, they're always bringing around what they got to bring around. Now, how much? Now, people want to know about their love life. Now, how much? How much Stockton tail are they getting? <laughs> well, you know, Nick, I haven't seen him for a minute, but from what I know, he's you know he's in a relationship. Oh, okay. Nick's in a relationship, and Nate's in a strong relationship too. You know, he has a he has a good relationship with his girlfriend. He's been with her for a minute, and they're like, I'm actually really close to Nate. Nate because Nate lives separately with him, and yeah, he has a really good relationship with his girlfriend, and you know, I, I they treat me like family, so I respect them, my family also. I oh, know they freaking they 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 love you, man. In fact, it was like I was like Nate, man, come on the show. He's like, oh, dude, I'm not gonna do any interviews, but interview my boy Yancey. Like he was like he was really into <laughs> he was really into getting you on the show. So I was like, hell yeah, nah, you know, man. I was hell nah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I was like, of course. Appreciate that, man. Now, when you knocked out Eves Edwards, which which is a tough thing to do, man, but you you hit an, you hit him with an uppercut that might have been one of the most beautiful. It was like that that bus driver uppercut that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Cleveland bus driver that yeah, hit the girl. Yeah, hit the girl. It was a beautiful uppercut, oh man. God. Now, now, and it was in front of all the troops, uh, which was, I mean, how good of a feeling was that? You know, getting an alcohol is like I'm not a, honestly. I've never had a street fight in my life, but you know, I've had a few knockouts, and it's always great to feel to have a knockout. But you know, I have a lot of compassion. I have a lot of respect, especially for you, Edwards. I remember watching that guy for years when I was in high school, watching him just kick ass and fuck people up. But, you know, of course it felt great, but I like to control, I like to celebrate differently when I win. And, you know, I keep, I try and keep my composure and show my opponent respect. And I understand everybody else has different ways of celebrating. And, you know, mine's just more inside, like, yeah, got it. But, you know, like, I have a lot of admiration, and I still do for you, Edward. He's a beast. 
he's a warrior, he's a living legend, and, you know, I didn't want to be like, yeah, like, just celebrating over, or jumping on the cage or whatnot. But it's a great feeling, but, I have, like I said, I have a lot of um, respect for him. No, a- for anybody a- I fight and step in the cage. Now, a- after you won, you uh, you went over to the corner of the cage and bowed to someone. Who did you bow to? I gave my respects to his corner, his cornerman. Oh, that's that's awesome! That's you bowed to his corner. That's I've never heard of that before, man. That's yeah, you know, that's class. That's no, real class. Yeah, I bowed to him. I told him thank you for the fight. You know, I didn't. I didn't want, like I said, I have a lot of admiration and respect, and I do that to all my coaches. That's what you do in wrestling in high school. You know, after you win a a match, you you walk to the, you walk to the coaches and you shake their you walk to the opponent's coaches and shake their hands. And, yeah, you know, I feel that's part of being a martial artist and giving respect to everyone you step in the cage with. No, that was that was pretty awesome. Now, um, you also he hit you a couple times, and, and you you were smiling and and you were saying "Bring it on." Um, now, yeah. Were, yeah. Now, were, were you hurt or were you were you did you enjoy getting punched? I, I never under, like really understand. Some people say that when someone gets hurt and they smile uh, when they get hit, when they get when they get hit and they smile, that means they're hurt. Other times, they're just trying to taunting. What was what was going through your head when the guy's punching you and you're smiling and, and taunting him? Um, sometimes he got me with good punches, he hit me, he hit me good, and you know, like, when I do that, I'm just like, I'm telling myself and I'm telling him, like, yeah, that's why we're in here, we're gonna fight, come on, bring it, I'm not trying to taunt him, I'm not trying trying to tell him I'm not hurt, it's more of an acknowledgement, like, oh, tag, you got me, yeah, come on now, we're in here, we're fighting, I'm not over here to jump around and not get hit, I know I'm gonna get hit, and you got me good, so let's do this, you know, if you wanna stand right there in the pocket, I'm down. (laughs) I'm gonna get you too. You you got me, but I'm gonna get you better. Uh, that's a, so it's not being. It's no disrespect to my opponent, and it's not. I'm not trying to taunt him. I'm not trying to tell him it doesn't. It doesn't hurt. You know, I'm just acknowledging, acknowledging that that was a good hit, and I'm here. I'm, that's what I'm here for. Right now, now you were on the same card when uh, when Fedor lost to Verdum. You were there. You fought earlier. Yeah. Uh, now, what was yeah. that? Now, did, did you watch that fight? Now, where did you watch that fight? And what was that like? Yeah, I was in the back watching the fight at the, I think it was the San Jose, the Shark Tank or whatnot. Yeah. The HP Pavilion. And yeah, you know, back then, Fedor was the legend. And, you know, just being around him just felt like he had an aura. I was like, damn, you know, this is Fedor. And he's a real humble, humble guy. And, I walked up to him, gave him my respects, and just seeing him lose like that, it's like you hit, you hit, you hit reality. And like you know, no one's undefeatable, no one's unstoppable. Everyone, everyone can be beaten. Everyone has a button. Everyone can get caught. So that really brought a lot of attention to me, and knowing, believing in myself, and what I'm capable of doing. But we're, we're, we're with the whoever other, I'm in front of. Were the other fighters in like the back just shocked? Oh yeah, you know I was actually shocked because I was fighting. Um, I was warming up in the back with Chris Cyborg. She was not warming up with her, but we're in the same locker room warming up, and and she's a beast. She's like, ah, she's like yelling at the top of her lungs, using up her husband <laughs> at the time. Just you know what I mean? Like literally hit him in the face, and he's like, ah, just yelling in Brazilian or Portuguese. Excuse me, and I was just tripping balls. I was like, damn. If she got a fade and she, her back is so wide and so big, like if she got a fade and cut her hair short, she'd look like a man from behind. No offense to her. I'm just oh, saying, no. Like, that's, no how, offense. that's how stacked she is. I think there are other ways. I, I, no, I mean, no offense taken, but I, I, think there, I think other people would agree with that from other angles as well. Um, now, 
Now, uh, now, when when you lost to when you fought Rustam, uh, who's a tough dude, you know he he's a guy that yeah. uh, he's a guy that knocked out uh, uh, Vince Pinchel with all those crazy. He's fighting suplexes. Ben Henderson, those suplexes. Yeah. Now, when you fought Rustam, and uh, it was a pretty even fight. It was it was, and you defended his his patent suplex, which he's knocked out numerous fighters with. Uh, how much did? But then dislocated your thumb. How much did your thumb hurt? And what what the hell? How sad were you? What was going through your head there? Um, well, after the whole scramble situation, and I got behind him, and he kind of walked out on me, and I was tripping. I was like, "How the hell? Like, you just walk out from me taking your back?" And I tried to close my hand and put a fist up, and my thumb was just stuck. And I looked at it. And I was like, in my head, I was tripping balls. I was like, holy shit, because I've never broken anything in my life. I've never, you know, and I'm like, what the hell in my head? But I'm trying to keep my composure outside. And I tried to push it in a couple of times, and it was like a rock solid stock. Like, there was no legit way I could, like, push this back in. And I just looked at the ref, and I asked him if he could push it back in for me. Like, you know, and I didn't understand the whole situation with a dislocation. And honestly, if I knew that, I, the fight would have stopped or was going to stop from a doctor stoppage, I would have hit it. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. Like, over my daughter, I would have hit that for sure and not even to, have told him. But, I mean, you, you, know, could, you could tell you were totally I, bummed. I mean, you could I mean, visibly see you were not trying to get out of that fight. Uh, the crowd was booing. Yeah, I, I wasn't at all. And the I crowd was kind of booing, and you could tell that you were like, oh, man. Uh, like, you could tell that you didn't yeah. think they were going to stop it. I felt for you. And you were actually, it was a pretty even fight. And then they raised his hand. Were you like, come on, man? Was was there a part of you that was like, well, really? Well, nah, no. The doctor stopped it. I, I kind of knew right there. It's like, I, I looked at, I get the ref. I showed him my thumb. He's like, ah. Like, this crazy <laughs> look. And I'm like, oh, man. I didn't even show him my fucking thumb. And then the ref, then the doctor was like, oh, man, that's dislocated. It's over. It's done. And I already knew. I was like, ah. Yeah, who was who was the ref? Man, you know who was who was the ref in that fight? Um, ah, I forget his, I forget his name. I think it was, I think it, it was Dan Mergliata. Dan Mergliata, I think, was the ref. Mergliata, and, there you go. And yeah. he 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 said something to you and then laughed. You weren't laughing, but Mergliata said, "What what what did he say to you?" I, I honestly, man, I totally forget. I'll probably have to watch the video again to to see it. Like I don't rem- remember much of that fight other than me dislocating my thumb and asking him to push it back in. when. <laughs> so how much pain were you in when it was dislocated, or was there no pain? It didn't It didn't hurt at all. I, my thumb didn't hurt at all. During the time, I had a lot of adrenaline, and I got in the back, and, you know, they sat me down, and then, the, like, some of the doctors were trying to, like, push it back in, and I'm like, ah, and he just ditched. Oh, man. He was gone, like, he left me, so I was like, it was out. It was like, I think... I remember the doctor at in when I went to the hospital said it was like an inch and a half dislocated. Oh my god! I mean, so I had so I had to have a hand ophthalmologist come and literally put it back in. And he's like, well, you know, we can we can um, we can put some painkillers. We can use some painkillers, but in general, in general, I don't use painkillers. I don't even like taking ibuprofen. You know, I don't. I choose to consume everything all natural, but. I was like, nah. He's like, if we use the painkillers, then it's gonna it's gonna swell up, and you might have to cut it open. I'm like, nope. Just do it, do it all after that. Oh he God. just literally massaged it back into place, and that that hurt like crazy. How hard was it to masturbate I was like, afterwards? Kinda, 
Huh? How hard was it to masturbate? Do you have to like switch hands afterwards or no? Uh, fortunately, uh, I'm left-handed, so it wasn't much of a problem, bro. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> now I gotta say, uh, all right. So now you, you uh, how old are you now? Uh, now I gotta. Now, I'm, I'm I'm reading the thing that you at one point you were nine and zero, and then you were out three years with a knee injury. Yeah. What the hell happened for three? Why were you out for three years? Was you get an um, Well, uh, you know, I, I had a, I tore my ACL, and I was just going to rehab and whatnot. And I guess Strikeforce was, you know, Strikeforce at that time was going through the process of changing over or UFC buying them out. So, you know, I'd have fights set up, and then the fights would cancel, or you know, like at one point, Strike Strikeforce was putting up fights, and then they would just cancel the event like a whole year so I was pretty much rehabbing for a year and a half and then waiting for another year and a half for a fight so I was just training the whole time and I told myself after my knee surgery yeah if I want to get better then I'm going to just keep training and you know work on being a better martial artist now um what did you do for money during that time I was working I was working full-time as a painter you know, I was off, so I was just going through. I was painting, working eight-hour, ten-hour shifts, you know, 40 hours a week, and I was just training afterwards. And then I got the call to um, UFC, and I just totally I stopped, I stopped working and went to pursue that. Now, now, how did you meet the Diaz brothers, by the way? My first strike force fight was fighting uh, Raul Castillo, and he's a, he's a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and... He was fighting for AKA at the time, I believe, or fighting with uh, with AKA. And, you know, Nick and Nate didn't didn't care for that guy at all, and I ended up winning my fight. Fortunately, and they, they asked Cedar Cedar Gracie asked me if I wanted to come and train with them. So, and I just spent like a two month camp up there, in Cali, and from there I just started training with them and representing Gracie Gracie Fighter. Jiu-jitsu. So if you so Academy. if you, so if you beat someone that they don't like, they come up to you and say, "Hey, join our team." Oh uh, well, I, I was just fortunate, you know. Like they seen me fighting, and they seen the fight, and you know, Rich Chow was the was the matchmaker in Strikeforce at that time, and he was like, "Hey, Cedar Gracie wants to come talk to you after the fight," and he came talk to me. He's like, "Hey, man, you're good. Come come train with us." Now and I trained with them. I just I just went and went up for camp and. After the camp, he was like, "Hey, you want to be part of the team?" I was like, "Yeah, of course." Now, do you, Being honest. do you guys have like a a a, 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 a seance when, when like you meet the Diaz brothers? You guys all form a circle and like talk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no. It's, you know, like honestly, when you come and train with them, if you pick up, you pick up on what's going on, and you know, like they're not gonna baby you at all. There's no baby. It's it's you catching on, and no one's gonna hold your hand when you're training. They're gonna be like. You're feeling sore or under the weather, and like, oh, we're gonna go train. And like, oh, I'm feeling, feeling kind of under the weather. And they go, oh, okay, you're gonna stay home. All right, we'll be back. Like they just do those kind of things, and yeah. I'm like in my head, I'm like, I ain't being no bitch. I'm going to practice, you know. So, gotcha. Took me, it took me out of my comfort zone, and you know, ever since I trained with them, I've never made an excuse not to train. Even if I was hurt, I would go in there and I'd try and learn whatever I could, physically and mentally. Now, uh, now, now, final question. We got to ask you. We always ask our guests about their personal life. Uh, do you have a girlfriend, or are, are you, I know you have a kid. How how old is your daughter? Yeah, my daughter is seven. Seven, seven and years old, going to be eight. And how old are you? I'm 26. 26. So you had her when you were 19. 
yeah. Are, are you still close with the with the baby mama, or you guys? Very, very close. We have a very great relationship towards our daughter. Oh, you know, I haven't been with her for six years now, and she's been phenomenal. She she understands me completely. That I'm there for my daughter wholeheartedly and support her the best the best possible way I can. And we haven't had anything through court ever. Wow! You know, I don't need awesome. a judge and a lawyer to tell me how to support my daughter. So it was like young Hawaiian puppy love kind of thing. That. It was like young Hawaiian love. Well, usually, you know, I'm fortunate. Yeah, well, I'm fortunate. You know, like a lot of the girls in Hawaii is like, you gonna you gonna break up with me? I'm taking you to the hole. You know, <laughs> you're going down too. It's like I'm just fortunate. She understands me very well, and you know, we 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 didn't break up on bad terms, or we didn't break up and have a fallout. We had an understanding and. It just worked out for the best. Do you think maybe that she was a, a chubby chaser, and then when you lost the weight, she wasn't interested in you anymore? <laughs> hey, bro, when I met her, I wasn't chubby, all right? I was in high school, and it was all good. I got chubby after. Oh, okay. When she got pregnant, I got pregnant. <laughs> and that's what was the breakup was about. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, hey, Yancey, man, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, good luck with everything, man. Uh, I, I am a, a fan. You, I'm a fan Thank for you life. For the support. Uh, where can people follow you? Thank you. Excuse me? Where can people find you on Twitter? Where can people support you? Um, Twitter, you know, why I'm a dentist, uh, Instagram, Yancey Madaris, Instagram, come hit me up, try and make you laugh. I just do a <laughs> bunch of crazy posts. Uh, uh, cool. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Oh, uh, thank you for the support, brother. Take care. Later. Take care, man. Aloha. Mahalo. See you guys later. Aloha. All right. That was, uh, that was Yancey. Uh, nice, uh, solid, solid guy. Bad, badass so. fighter. <laughs> what, what, what can we say, what, man? What, what can you say about the guy? Good dude, good dude. I mean, wow. I mean, the guy, the guy's thumb comes off and he wants to fight. I mean, the guy's uh, to take. Jeez, I don't know how I feel about not getting any kind of pain medication to have my dislocated <laughs> thumb put back in. I remember when my arm got dislocated. I couldn't wait to get drugs in me. <sighs> yeah, and I then admit, I went to the hospital. I can't wait to get drugs. <laughs> I can't wait tonight to get drugs in me. Uh, I, I just can't believe the guy fights Jim Miller on a four days notice because the Diaz that brothers crazy. think it's a good idea. You know, I mean, I don't. Well, why wouldn't he get? Why wouldn't he get the money that Bobby Green was going to get? Right? Yeah, I mean, that, that would seem to all be... It's contract. Like, you know, no matter how many fights you got or who you're fighting, the, the money's the same. Because that would be my reasoning. I could say, well, I'm fighting Joe Ellenberger and I'm getting X amount of money, but if I fight this guy, I'll get Bobby Green's money. That would be, okay, all right, you know what? It's a tougher fight, but I'm going to get X amount of money. But if you're getting the same money that you were going to get to fight the guy you train with, I would say I'm going to fight the guy that... Well, the contracts are made before the fights even happen are made. Yeah, but the contracts are made to fight the guy that you're supposed to fight. Well, not... no, they signed like a five or six fight contract, right? Yeah, but you're 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 right. That should be adjusted. Yeah. Right. But you know, who knows? I mean, he's not indicating that he got uh, maybe a backstage bonus. Yeah. A little right. Grease in the palm there. Yeah, to me, to me, it would just seem uh, fair that if a guy goes up to a main event from an undercard fight and sort of saves the main event. Right. He didn't really save it, but at the same time, Jim Miller's a draw. He's a name. People wanted to see the Bobby Green fight. He does have fans, Jim Miller. You know, he's got 100,000 followers on Twitter. He's got, he's got a fan base. He's made a name for himself. And you're fighting Jim Miller. You should get the, the money that Bobby Green was going to get because it's not like the UFC is going to lose money on it because they were going to pay Bobby Green anyway. Right. So, uh, and if anything, they don't have to, now the... The Ellenberger fights cut, so I don't have to pay him for that fight. So I don't know. They well, might, you know. Have, might have also felt like they were throwing him a bone by letting him fight Jim Miller too. Like, well, I definitely he beats Jim Miller. He's he's in the top ten, right? You know, so they're so, throwing him a bone in that aspect. Yeah, well, I mean, 
was throwing up a broken bone <laughs> than they once had. Well, that's our show today. Uh, I want to thank Miles Jury for coming on the show. Thanks, buddy. Thank Yancey Madrinos. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Jake Ellenberger. Thanks, buddy. The next champion. I'm back. He's back. <laughs> He's fighting in three weeks. UFC 173. May 24th. May 24th. Live at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. I think I'm more nervous nice. than you are. I'm not nervous at all. At all? At all. He's a juggernaut. That's crazy, man. You just got to enjoy it, you know? And uh, all right, where can people find you guys? Jake? I am at, at Ellenberger MMA on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't forget, watch UFC 173, May 24th. At Todd Rex on Instagram and on Twitter and uh, Facebook, Todd Rex. Boom. And ToddRex.com. I'm at Adam Comedian, uh, at MMA Roasted, uh, AdamHunter.com. Uh, I will be at the uh, Long Beach, the Laugh Factory in Long Beach, Saturday night at 10 o'clock. I'll be at the HaHa ha Friday night at 11 o'clock. Uh, and I will be at uh, Off the Hook Comedy Club in Marco Island in uh, Florida next Wednesday to, no, next Thursday to Sunday. Uh, thank you, Sunfair, for sponsoring us. Thank you, Fox Sports. Hope you guys have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>